Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You bring people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one. Pounder with cheese in France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> what? Boy, with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my. my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's, it's my time uh, how do you measure success hey everyone and welcome to superhero speak i'm your host dave and john i'm right out of time jd <laughs> we don't need to tell people the behind the scenes stuff that you were peeing last minute i ran upstairs and i went oh god i gotta pee (laughs) welcome to bladder talk sometimes you gotta go potty yes i thought we were going to not talk so much about the old man stuff dude is an old man thing sometimes you just gotta take a leak this week's all old man stuff come on how's everyone doing jd how do you feel now that your bladder is empty six pounds lighter (laughs) what do you think i'm doing something new the wife didn't like the mustache, but I didn't want to abandon the facial hair altogether. So I went with the, uh, I don't know what you call this. The evil man goatee? A little bit. It's the evil JD. Evil JD. Yeah, a... yeah I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> so anything else new with you besides your evil goatee and your free bladder? Anniver- anniversary <clears throat> was yesterday. 17 years. Happy anniversary. I hate you, but happy anniversary. I appreciate Happy that. Anniversary. <laughs> I'm both spots. Appreciate the hatred. Appreciate the the thank you. <laughs> Don't hatred here, man. I was my seven days. I appreciate, oh, yeah. it. but I appreciate the love. I'm also looking at myself in the camera. I need a haircut, so yeah, yeah. I got one. Yeah, I mean, you've committed. I my your hair. Remember when my hair was long and it, it didn't go down? It went like up, and it took a lot of work to keep it down. I just I just don't have that kind of time and tolerance yes. anymore. As as. My friends used to call it that have real curly hair a Jufro. I did not say those words. You said those words. <laughs> my friend, one of my best friends who I was in a band with when we were kids, dried grown his hair long, but he's got super curly hair. And yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's real hard. That's it. Just the struggles with the hair. Saw a movie last night. We'll discuss that later. Thank you, Drew. Drew says, nice goatee. I'm doing the handlebar mustache. I cannot do the handlebar mustache because but- I can't get it to connect here and I can't get it to connect here. So, yeah, you know. but I'm growing these longer because my girlfriend wants to try to do something with that. <laughs> on the, on the, I don't know. She th- says it's cute, but they're all gray. The ones, the long ones are all gray. Dude, these are the only gray hairs I really have are right here. Like in my, like, I'm pretty good here. I got a little bit of gray, little Reed Richards in the temple, just a little bit. But like in the chin, it's yeah. all gray. It's wild. Yeah. By shave, I look younger. So that's why I want to keep the facial hair because... I like looking a little bit older. I look young for so long. I was getting people bothering me when I was into high school in my 30s. I'm like, I kind of want to be a little bit older now. So should I get my hairdresser on the line to supplement <laughs> this talk? Because yeah. yes, is supplement is she going to pay us? Yeah, let's <laughs> do that. Welcome Anyways. to Superhero Speaks.
<laughs> How about you, John? That what? sounds like a title. What is new in your world? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I am doing nothing but working and reading light novels. Like I am, I have just existed in this world for the last week. Nothing else doing. Although I am really enjoying the, was it the Rhapsody light novels? Yeah, it's actually Death March. Was it Death March to Rhapsody? Yeah, I'm, I was the last two days. I've read four or five of them. Otherwise, I'm enjoying a four day weekend, yes. which means tomorrow I still have to work. Probably <laughs> there's a couple of things I need to get done for work before I have to be at actual work officially. Otherwise, and enjoying the freaky weird weather that we have. One day the sun is blotted out by forest fires from Canada. <laughs> the next day it's like super little thunderstorms that it'll be bright outside. You walk outside yep. and suddenly you're getting hit by lightning. It's just weird, man. This weird this year has just been weird. Yes. Yeah, it's also weird because I don't want to curse us, but it's like July now and we have yet to have any days that are like in the 90s. Oh, but... You should come here to Chicago. I'm saying here in the East Coast, it hasn't happened yet. My my friend in, she lives north of Dallas. They have been at 100 degrees for the last week, I think. Yeah. And it's been horrible there. So on the other hand, uh, on the bright side, her turtle just had, just laid eggs. So I told her she had to go get a rat with mad martial arts skills and make it live with them. (laughs) Do people eat turtle eggs? She wouldn't. She's in a thing. I'm asking for Brendy's shows. I'm like, is that a thing? Have you heard of people like making scrambled turtle or anything like that? I've heard people eat like ostrich eggs, but I've never heard of people eating turtle eggs. They're like really small anyway. I don't know. I don't know. I know nothing of reptile. And turtles are cute. Some say chickens are cute. I would disagree heavily. Not chickens. Chicks are cute. Let me rephrase that. Baby chickens are cute, but but they're but the eggs are just too delicious, and they are the perfect size for a breakfast. Turtle eggs, very small. Just I need not to read enough this. There. I need to read this. Randy says it's been ninety every day in, since April, every day since April in Texas. So eat a bag of monkey brains. Mm. Yes, he also said that I was growing an evil railroad <laughs> baron stash. <laughs> and Actually, Drew said it's one hundred and eleven at five thirty where he is. Drew's in Phoenix. Drew, that's where you hear in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, oh yeah. my God, I can't imagine that. Most people, they get older, they go, they run to Florida, like they want to be in the warmer climate. I'm going to run to Canada. Yes, yeah, I think. Well, so. first off, universal health care, and second off, which is better for you in your old age, and second off, it'll be cold. So I like the cold for some reason. My wife and I flirted with the idea of moving to Iceland when we got older because we took a vacation to Reykjavik about ten years ago and loved it. I don't know if I love the cold, but I really liked Iceland. Cool. I've heard you get to those countries over there; they are some of the. Was it like if you go to the list of the countries where people love living there the most, they're up at the top. Yeah. We're near the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So debating that, perhaps I retire to Reykjavik. I don't know. Maybe. It's a long way. They also there. have universal, universal health care. So, you know, they, 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 which, which in your old age is something you really mm-hmm. could use. As my dad's dealing with stage four cancer. Yeah, really is. Oh, sorry. Wait, man. what? Oh, I didn't tell you that? Yeah, my dad's got stage four cancer. No. Doctor says he can live for another five years. So, yeah, it's good. But I can't. It's in prostate, moved to his lungs and into the spine. So it could be worse. Could also be a lot better. Sorry. Didn't mean to bring this down. Thought I mentioned that on the show before. No. Apologies. But yeah, universal yeah. health care would be a great thing. We but we're the that. only industrialized nation that doesn't have it. Us in Brazil. 
Us in, yeah, Brazil, a well-known like top nation, um, bastion of democracy. Yeah. Brazil. Anyway, uh, alrighty then. Let's see how am I doing. Oh, thanks for asking, guys. Oh yeah, Dave. Sorry, Dave. I got distracted with the, my dad's cancer. How are you, I, sir? I, I got dis- I got distracted with his dad's cancer too. Sorry. God, I feel like a jerk now. I'm all right. Nothing interesting happened this week. It's all a movie that we'll be talking about in a little bit. And let's see what else. I'm on. A, I have an actual four day weekend. I am not working until Wednesday. So tomorrow I'll be going to Lancaster with my girlfriend and her family. And, it's a place uh, to visit. Yes. Thanks there, Randy. <laughs> you calling him Jesus Dave because of his hair? I just... Not, it's like, Jesus Dave, nice pivot. I know that. I am trying to make a funny, but it's not working. Recommendation, Rain Wilson and the Geography of Bliss talks about the those Nordic countries' happiness. Yeah, their happiness thing is like top notch. Uh, I don't know if Iceland's a Nordic country, though, because it's actually east of England. Like Iceland's not too terribly far from Greenland, which is not too terribly far from Canada. It's weird because it's technically part of Europe, but it's actually a lot closer. It's like right in the continental divide. It's like literally right in the continental divide. We like I was going, I'm on the West Bank, I'm on the East Bank. Like we were in the continental divide. I was jumping across like that the scene in Robin Hood Men and Super Geo speak now. Yeah, super geo speak. Yeah. Super (laughs) geo speak. That's a good one, actually. So yeah, it's actually closer North America than Europe, but it's po- it was like settled by Nordic people and walking mm-hmm. around. There's a lot of Nordic people, if you know what I'm saying. A lot next of Nordic year, blood running next, strong. Next week, we'll be t- tackling, was it Continental Drift and Pangea? So. Actually, this week we'll be talking um, about Continental Drift because it's a major <laughs> plot point in the movie we just saw. So, yes, it is. It wasn't really, was it? He said it. He screamed it like six times. I, yes. I, I know, but he was trying to get him to turn around. Well, we'll, we'll get to we'll it. Get to it. Uh, the other thing is I did watch the second episode of... Secret Invasion, did you guys watch? No. I did. <laughs> I just watched it about half an hour ago, actually. What'd you think? It's getting better. It's getting much... It's really... I'm finding it very interesting. Wow. We're complete opposites on this one. It's starting to lose me. And it, I just felt... I feel like they're trying to do this big, shocking moment of the week at the end of each episode, even though it's only two episodes in. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I want to see how the plot twist at the end of the last episode plays into the whole thing yeah but the thing is this is completely different from almost everything else they've done this is oh, yeah. not a superhero show this is along the lines of tinker taylor soldier spy like this except that it's not just all talk there and there's a race of shape-changing aliens but the thing is it's still a spy thriller which most people going this oh i'm gonna see superheroes right this is because maybe they've read the original or whatever the original comics but maybe they follow the source maybe they wanted to follow the source material what a crazy idea yeah i know right but uh, no and this isn't supposed to like i don't know maybe you have to be a fan of spy novels which i've read a lot of as well as the superhero genre in order to Ah. really appreciate this because this is just going full spy you have no idea at this point who's a scroll and who and even if they're a scroll you don't even know what side they're on it's i liked winter soldier because of the spy yeah, but uh, it has superheroes. But, yeah, but it but has you, superheroes in it. Yeah, you guys, right. That's the thing. Like this, you don't even know of, I'm starting to get the feeling that Talos is actually the big bad in the background. I'm starting to think that maybe he's not on, like maybe he, while, while, maybe while Fury was gone, when he was blown away, when he was blipped, that Talos changed because he, they never got their home world and that he's actually like pulling strings behind them. It's just, 
it's really Randy, interesting. I'm finding it. Randy asks, "Is this not? <clears throat> is it not supposed? Is what to not supposed to? Randy, you got to be a little clearer." Chris on this one. did it that for years. It's just not big yet. It needs a bit more. Like it needs more time to bake. Probably. Yeah, and I don't know, man. Like, the, the, the end of the second episode of Game of Thrones, I was like, I am in. Let's do this. Yeah. But you didn't have the baggage of the Marvel Universe behind it. Too. Right. Yeah. But that's you know? like and- why I'm okay. This is the problem. This is why I have no interest in this. I want the baggage of the Marvel. Like, I want to watch like that's superhero stuff. Like, if, if I can watch it. I can watch Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. That's available. Like, why do I have to watch that with like my my? I'm tired my of superhero issue, adjacent. Just give me my, my issue with it. My wish. My issue with it so far is, and it's so stupid because I shouldn't feel this way. Yeah, that's what Randy's saying. The end of each episode being a big shock. Gotcha. I got your good point. The my issue with it, and I know, like, I understand some of the logic. People are saying why she hasn't done it yet and whatnot, but he's sitting there going, that's my war because I caused this. He brought the scrolls here, but he didn't do it alone. He also had, he did it with Captain Marvel. So he should be calling her in to help. Isn't she in the negative zone? Or at least that's the trailer I watched last night led me to believe. I don't know. They haven't talked about her at all yet on the show. There has been a mention of call your friends and he's, no, it's my war. And it's just, no, it's, he's also because no, no, he sure not do that. That's so like he said, out of character. He, no, he said he literally said, "No way we can call them because they come to the battle and suddenly we've got a bunch of scrolls that are turning. They're they get turned into scrolls and start becoming terrorists themselves." Like he he's saying that basically he didn't want to bring them in because he doesn't want to put those pieces on the board for the scrolls to use themselves. That is plot induced logic, sir. Yeah, that is. We can't get the superheroes involved, so I'm going to throw this line of dialogue out. When this is Nick Fury, the guy whose solution to everything was bring superheroes. Yeah, not except, of superheroes. Except that we know from this that they are developing the Super Scroll technology. That is an existing. So thing. okay, so why wouldn't you want superheroes to fight a Super Scroll or have 50 years, 60 years of the Fantastic Four led me astray? Because they're t- they, the scrolls are have been collecting DNA from all the battle sites from right. the past couple of So how battles. are they going to beat them without superheroes? I don't know. They're still developing it. Like, it's not yeah. finished yet. So they do have Groot's DNA, though. And weirdly enough, they have that one frost beast that, that was loose in the after credit scene from Thor Dark World. Just the frost beast, like, wandering through the streets. The one yeah. that, that got away. Yeah. Yeah, like they've got that. They've got the hand that was left from one of Thanos's guys when they cut it off in New York when Spider-Man and right. Doctor Strange were fighting the portal. it. And uh, who else? They have one other person's. I forget who the other one is. But anyway, it's like they, they've been collecting DNA. They just don't have the Avengers DNA. And besides, there are some people like Doctor Strange. They wouldn't be able to replicate that. So why not call Doctor Strange? You can't just cast this. OK, this is the conceit of all superhero stuff. And this is the problem with the shared superhero universe is at what point you just go, ah, fuck it. Call in the Avengers. Oh, they're busy. Oh, OK. Just get me. I don't know. Doctor Strange. Yeah. Just, I don't understand. Well, in, this, in this case, though. OK, you call in the Avengers. What are they going to do? You can't figure out who the scrolls are. The only Neither person that they. would have a chance doing that would be like Tony Stark. So well, like he'd, he'd invent something. Exactly. Doctor Strange so, could. Why couldn't Doctor Strange? Eh, yeah, you're right. Okay, I'll give you that one. And may, maybe Banner could, but... Uh, Daredevil could hear them. But Banner... Daredevil could sniff them out. <laughs> may, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I bet And ba- Banner's off-world, right? We know from She-Hulk that Banner is, is, is off-world, right? Or he was, no, he was. No, he he's son, no, at the end of the He brought his son back. And his son is half scroll, actually, isn't he? Or is he half Cree? I forget. He's one of those two. 
you're thinking of Hulkling, who is a Skrull. Yeah, Scar no. is half whatever planet. Scar is half Sakarian. A Sakarian, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. All right, so yeah, there's other. Drew says mm-hmm. this is why I'm not for a GI Joe Transformers universe. GI Joe should call Optimus for everything. That's, uh, okay, yeah, I go with that. So every every shared universe like this, every super universe, like this is the problem with all comics ever. It's if Spider Man came up against Juggernaut, the first thing Spider Man should do is call the Avengers, and he never does. Like every it, it, that's the whole thing, right? To be fair, for years, Spider-Man was not an Avenger. Spider-Man did everything on his own because he was an idiot. Like, he's the smartest guy in the world, one of them, but he just makes rash, impulsive, stupid decisions. Right, because he's young. That's Spider-Man. That was the conceit of the character. But, like, and literally that, every superhero team has that problem. But there superhero. have been also plenty of issues where, like, he is fighting someone like Juggernaut, and he'll end up trying to call... The Fantastic X-Men. Four, and that's like, oh, they're off planet. Yeah, it's conveniences, plot-driven yeah. conveniences. But again, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I want to watch superheroes and my superhero stuff. Yeah. So well, I'm, I'm going to follow it. because It's getting interesting, I think. I, I'm mostly into it. I get that you're burned out on a lot of it, and you and if you do watch it, you want your superhero stuff because that's what you're there for. This has got a different enough tone that I'm interested in a different way than I am looking for so super- andy and i are watching trailers because we'll do that sometimes we'll watch movie trailers on youtube and he loves tom holland spider-man loves it thinks tom oh, holland yeah. is like the best little kid perfect so we're watching and i showed him oh this is the first time spider-man shows i showed him the trailer for civil war and i'm watching the trailer for civil war and i'm like we have completely lost the plot for the marvel stuff it is so far away from what it was just a few years ago yeah it is just I'm watching this going, nothing feels this epic anymore. I really feel like we're just coasting at this point. And a lot of this because, too, because Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans are gone. And they shouldered so much of that stuff. And no one, they had big plans for Chala, Black Panther. Yeah. But real life got in the way. I understand that. But I feel like nothing they've done since has got us there. Ragnarok was great. But Taika Waititi went way too far in the comedy direction. The point where, you know, the last it was kind of ridiculous. Felt, it felt frivolous to be yeah. honest with you. And now the guardians are done. And it's just, I don't know, man, I feel like we've, I feel like we're missing something. I feel like these movies are just exist, which is, I'm going to talk about this later on too, of just where we are with franchise fatigue in general. But yeah, it is, there was a definite just difference in feeling and tone to where we are from where we are then to where we are now though yeah speaking of things that are different let's do a little social media madness oh man (laughs) got away with it for a week all right so real quick we talked about the trailer for craven the hunter that 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 wonderful trailer i thought you meant craven the baker i was so confused for a second (laughs) i just Uh, i can't which random randy savage said the chrome-plated balls of Sony to release what is clearly a White Panther trailer on Juneteenth. Shit, true. that's exactly what true, that was. True, man. Whoa, that's a that's win. Spitting facts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drew says we aren't building to an Avengers movie. Ty is one thing missing for me. I agree with you. I think that's the problem. Yeah. I don't feel like we're built. What are we building to? Like that's the thing. Is like. From the get-go, we felt like we were building toward the Avengers. Because they mentioned it they in the, told in the first us, Iron Man movie. Yeah, they so told they, us they, they set that expectation. And then after Avengers, we're building to Thanos. It was like, oh, okay. Now we're building to Kang, who got beaten by a bunch of ants. Actually, by a bunch of lawyers so far. Well, I don't want to make real jokes. You know. No, but <laughs> yeah, know, true. Man, it's, nothing's working for me right now. Nothing? Oh, not really. Nothing Marvel. Yeah. 
What was the other thing? Oh, so this is this is nothing to do with us, but it caught my oh. attention. Bruce Campbell said back in the day, some folks wanted me to play Superman. Thanks to AI, here you go. And you saw that. That's awesome. It looks way better than it has any right to. Except the hand. The hands had two hands. That's how you know Liefeld is an AI. <laughs> oh, really? Hands and feet. No. <laughs> making bad, oh, my God. Making bad jokes over here. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a- no, seriously. It's a big problem on, like, Instagram right now is that you, there's a lot of, like, models out there. It, that don't exist. <laughs> this is Yeah, no. And the way you can tell is, and the pictures are really good. But in every one, you'll see uh, the model has the hands uh, out of frame quick, or behind them or something real like quick that. For everyone watching, here's the picture that he posted. No, oh, good God. <laughs> I didn't see that one. Why does it look like Stephen Colbert in a Superman suit? <laughs> That's what look at that monstrosity on his hand. This is going to be a plot point, right? Some writer out there is doing a plot point for an AI movie where people are not really people, but you could tell because their hands are all fucked up. Oop, oop, there was an Indian. Wrong joke. overlay. Sorry. <laughs> I have the wrong overlay. Yes, exactly. That's going to be like... Exactly. That's going to be a thing. You're going to know you're watching an AI video because you don't see their hands ever when you do. Or I'm serious. Guys are going to go like this just to make... You're going to see that. People will give speeches like this just so you can see that they have hands. <sighs> it's scary. Yeah, thing is, that's where we're headed. Like, once that gets conquered... And we're all fucked. Oh, yeah. We're mm-hmm. all fucked anyway. Come on. And <sighs> It's true. Uh, Finally, we talked about the rumor that Ben Affleck is spotted on the Daredevil, not the Daredevil, the Deadpool 3 set, thank you, wow, to reprise his role of Daredevil, and to which the Gorilla Brain podcast said, a check is a check. (laughs) Checks are checks. Ben has made no bones the fact that he likes to get paid for his work, which we all should. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's sad that he finally really figured out Batman, and then nobody went and saw the movie. Megan Fox was the first. She got that fucking thumb. Oh yeah, that's Megan right. Fox has that that like toe thumb thing. What? She's, she's, she's so got like Google it. Google it. She's got messed up thumbs. She got what do they call them? Like hammer thumbs or something like that. Hammer thumb or toe thumb. Yeah. She's got like weird thumbs. Oh. If you look at it, you're not gonna be able to look away from it. No, and you'll thank never you. look at Megan Fox the same way again. So maybe you shouldn't look it the, up. There, there's a lot of things I do not want to see on the internet. Thank you. <laughs> But that's it. That's all. I'm just doing the three this week. That is all the social media madness for the week. It's all the Uh, social media we could take. So if you're watching this or listening to this later and you want to know how you can be part of social media madness, here's our good friend Don to tell you more. How's the show going? You join it? Do you want to be part of social media madness? And go ahead and head over to SuperheroSpeak.com where you can find all the social links, episodes of the show. You can find comic reviews by Chris and other articles We're posting stuff on there all the time. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Great shows like the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Colt 45, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, So Wizard, and Superhero Speak. Hashtag GW All-Stars and you will not be disappointed. So make sure that you are engaging with the Superhero Speak Twitter post, whenever they come up, give us your best comment, and you may make JD say this. I get so I, tired of these dumb motherfuckers. I, All right, it's back to the show. Those fuckers, they wear me out. With my favorite moment in, in recent history. <laughs> Universal Studios. That after my new is it this me or does JD sound weird? Oh, does JD no. sound weird? Me, hey, me, sound me. Weird. Hello. 
you're out of the field of your microphone. So yeah. To... <laughs> Is this better? Yes. So I was just saying, I got a new cup for at the Universal Studios Spider Man. Did I mention the earache I've had all week? No. <laughs> Red, hold on. This is good. Randy says John does objectify women, so he doesn't get my joke. <laughs> you mean I don't objectify women? I just read what he says. <laughs> Let's see his hands. Let's see his hands. Okay. Oh, that's gonna make a great reveal in a movie someday. Seriously, someone's gonna put hands gonna look like Count Rogan from Princess Bride. Uh, all right. You mean everything, everywhere, all at once with the sausage fingers? You, I never saw everything all everywhere all at once. I've heard I really would like it. No. I need to spend time to actually sit down and watch it. Huh. Don't forget to check out the Omega Level Nerds podcast available on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available. And on that note, we are going to take a quick commercial break and be back with a little bit of news. Some podcasts are like this. On top, missionary, pull the leg over. So that way it's like they're on their side yep, yep, a bit. Yep. So that way it's like you're hitting it from the back, but, but you're still getting face action. Yeah. That way you still reach a hand awesome up twister there. Shirt. Yeah. yeah. But you still get deep and because you get... And, and face, face and neck. It's a power position. What would you call that? Like a wine opener? The bop it. You can smack it. You can choke <laughs> it. You can pull it. You can do everything. And some podcasts are like this. It's hard. It's I'm one day off vaping right now, bro. And I want to fucking smoke a bowl out of my own nuts, bro, of pure nicotine. But only one podcast is where you can get in-depth analysis like this. Oh, we let that slide. That was woo. He's Sweet a bad guy. sour it's chicken fine. ass nigga. <laughs> he's a he's bad guy. Oh, let's just walk over this one. Because he was a villain, we let that slide. That was oof. A, I forgot about that. My bad. Just because you name a food, nigga, don't make it better, dog. Like it's still racist as shit. It's so much racism. Bro, also, I know ain't no black people wrote this, so I know this is just. This is just them. Like, we can say what everyone threw his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, think of all the racist things you want to say to those Asian people. Get it off his chest. <laughs> It'll be spoken in jive, so it wouldn't hurt so much. His sweet jive mouth. <laughs> you are now listening to Call Forty Five. This is Beat 'Em Down, and I'm Random Randy Savage. Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or just go to www.cult45podcast.com. Also, check out our YouTube for that sweet video content. Cult Forty Five, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. After these messages, we'll be right back. <laughs> all right. <laughs> little bit of news here, guys. They have cast Superman and Lois for Superman Legacy. So it's officially going to be David Cornsweat and Rachel Rosenham? Rosenham. Rosenham. Rosenham, yeah. So yeah. what do we think? Cornsweat. I like his look. I'm not familiar with too much of his work. He's big guy. He's 6'4". Looks yep. scabble. People seem like, oh, he's A so skinny. A lot of skinny. people are saying that, yeah. He's so skinny, well, and I'm like, he's gonna get on steroids. Yeah, they're, they're, fine. they're They'll do the star bulk up. Yeah, the thing. star. Those amazing workouts where people gain like 40 pounds in three months of pure muscle. Yeah, mm. muscle. just a great diet and exercise and help. He'll be fine. He'll look fine in the role. Rachel Brosnahan, she is the star of a show called The Marvelous, Marvelous. Miss Maisel. Yeah, my wife watches that show and she loves it. And she's good. She's a really good actress. It's an inspired choice for Lois Lane, quite frankly. Not what I would have done. But I think I like it. She's got the presence for it. She's she really got the presence I, for it. I do think you That's need what, someone like that 
especially yeah. I, let's not just cast someone on a look anymore. <laughs> no, I agree, and I think no. Rachel Brosnahan, she's pretty, but she's not. She doesn't have that supermodel look. Like they like they right. cast Kate Bosworth as Lois Lane. It was just like it just didn't work, especially well, as like an older Lois Lane. I, I like Rachel Brosnahan because she's pretty, but she like. She looks like a, per- a normal person. Like she looks like a normal person, pretty. Someone for yes. Lois Lane. I think that's. I think that's exactly what the character needs. Kate Bosworth was too young and too didn't, young. Didn't just have didn't have the look. presence. Yeah, right. And then on top of that, the the script also, was bad. But Elizabeth Tullock right now for Superman and Lois, she does a good job too. Yeah, she's gonna be good. I'm very excited. To, uh, to see what they can do. Murray Guns, our good Mark, friend Mark says, I want to see Corn Sweat play Superman since I saw him in Pearl. You've never seen Pearl or yeah. uh, what's the other one? X and what's Maxine? Those are those. I've never seen those. Are they good movies? Would you recommend them? Respond when you get a chance. What do you think, Dave? I agree with Corn Sweat. Corn Sweat. Corn Sweat. It is sweat. Okay. I think he looks a lot like Cavill. He's the right age. He looks like Superman. He, the thing that always throwing me out is throwing me off is. He is the Superman age. He's 29. He'll be 30 by the time they start filming the movie. So that's the typical Superman age is 30. Yet I could have swore they said they wanted a younger Superman, which I thought they were going to go like college years. No, younger than Cavill is now, but young, but same age Cavill is when he started playing Superman. That was a decade ago. Exactly. I don't think they're going to go with the college age Superman. I think they're just going to go right out of right into Smallville, and who knows how old that is. If you're 29, 30, it means you can play, like, 24 if they wanted to. True, true, yeah. And it's also going to depend on their chemistry on screen, right? That's a big part of this. Uh, I read a big, I think it was Cineblend? I forget what it was. Someone did a big piece this week about, they had extensive screen tests about, I think it was two weeks ago, at the Warner lot with, and they were testing different super, like different candidates for Superman with right. different candidates for Lois Lane. And like, it reminded me of the Sam and Diane auditions when they were doing cheers and they just, they paired the people that worked the best together, which just leads me to believe that Lois is going to play a major role in the movie. Yeah. She's her character is actually going to have agency and going to help drive the story and not just be there to be there. So apparently they have really good chemistry. We'll see. Maybe. But as we've talked about, with the like Marvel burnout, we've had so many Supermans over the last ten years. Like it I'm doesn't mean, that way. Over the last ten, Superman. Well, have, there's like some over my desk. Over the last ten years, we've only had one guy play Superman. No, uh, we've got, no Hoakland too, right? Or that um, TV TV doesn't count. You, it does. Oh, it does. It certainly like, does. Warner doesn't think it counts. Yeah, but a lot of people like him. A lot of yeah, people, a lot of people like, like Grant Gustin too. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I think it does count. And I mean, we currently have four Batman. Yeah. Currently have four Batman. Yeah. Robert Pattinson, Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, and George Clooney. Yeah. Uh, true. Okay. <laughs> did yep. you know that they asked, what's his face? The Nolan Batman. Bale. Christian they Bale. did ask, they did ask Bale to do a cameo in the flash movie. And he said, no, he would only return to Batman. If Nolan was the director, which is fair. They have a thing yeah. that needs to be a bromance. <laughs> Yeah, a not a bromance, but like they're they did something special that got to exist on its own. Randy says, "Ouch!" But JD's no one cares about TV. Have you seen the ratings for <laughs> things? Except they've had the best depictions of some of these characters. This is true as well. They get a little long in the tooth. These depictions when they, the shows go on too long. I think Flash lost its steam after the fifth nine season. seasons. Yeah, it lost its steam after the the first writer's strike. I, I think um, they lost their right, steam right, after they tried to do Flashpoint. And then, well, yeah. the work, yeah, they did a very good job on that. And then, and then, but then it becomes the problem that a lot of things have is 
then they start becoming dependent on time travel to tell stories. Yeah. Especially yeah, old so especially sometimes when there's old people in the movie. Oh wait, we'll get to that. Uh so I guess hmm. I I want to see something, but I think it's a good choice. I want to see where this goes. I definitely want to check out some of the stuff that he's been in too. Um, but if I'm going to say if Mark likes him and Mark watches a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. so wizard, I'm going to take his word on it. There weren't any superheroes in the Nolan movies. It would spoil the movies just for a cameo. Yeah, I agree. Batman was special in that world. But the whole point of the flash was nostalgia bait. So, <laughs> but Christian Bale don't need that. He doesn't, but the audience needs it to maybe boost the sales a little. Um, what a Christian Bale cameo have done a single thing other than inflate the cost of that movie. And you're probably right at this point. Does um, one more person go to see it for a Christian Bale cameo? No. Who wasn't already going, you know what I'm saying? No, you're right. You're right. You are a hundred percent right again. So I, I think we're all we're all as John would say at this point, we're all cautiously optimistic for the future of DC. We're not hundred percent sold yet. But we're cautiously optimistic. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I got to see something. I like Gunn. I just want to. Yeah, I just want to see what he can do. I trust that he's going to cast it, but I don't. I just I'm not sure what he's going to do with Superman yet. We'll see. So, guys, speaking of things that we're cautiously optimistic about, but not sure, are Comic Cons going to be dead soon? No, I think oh, they're going to be about comics. Oh, Crazy. wait. Keaton, Drew says Keaton was the money cameo. He was. He yeah, became so. the entire crux of their, <coughs> oh, excuse me, of their marketing because their lead was associate, and, associate and they bad. could and they couldn't let him out to to promote. They need somebody to promote the movie, so it was Keaton because by default. Which well, by you can because it was Michael Keaton. It just didn't work. Yeah, Marvel, Netflix, Sony, HBO, and Universal are all skipping the New San Diego Comic Con this year. They will have no Hall H panels. There will be no big. That's things from yeah. them at san diego this year allow me I mean, to be the first to say who cares really who cares they're not about it's comic-con is supposed to be about people talking and loving comic books for well over a decade for maybe close to two decades now it's been it had peaked maybe about a decade ago where it was all about movies and tv yeah and comics have been pushed to the background and then they started these media companies started putting on their own things and the pandemic really heightened that and pushed that away to the point where now they just all want to do that. And I'm fine with it. Like Comic-Con can be about, go back to be about comic companies talking about what they do and that people show up because they love comic books, which is why these things started showing up there to begin with. But comic companies aren't just comic books anymore. They're multimedia conglomerates. Yeah, so, but you can just send your comic book stuff there. And you're talking about Marvel and DC. That, that's not the entire comic book industry. And also, they're not, like, Marvel's going to probably be there, just not the studio. They're not. Right. They can talk there. about their comic books. Drew says Phoenix Fan Fest was as big as ever been this year. It's still thriving. C2E2 in Chicago does big numbers every year, and we never have any of that stuff. It's fine. Isn't the Denver one on this weekend or something? But here's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, here's the downside to that. I would like to point this out. Sure. San Diego has expanded their convention center specifically for San Diego Comic-Con because it kept getting bigger and bigger. It's a huge money thing for the city. Like I'm it sure is. they count on that revenue every year. And now that's just going to start to dwindle because there are people who aren't going to go because those studios aren't there. And Jacob Javits Center, just they built a whole new wing just for this too. But convention centers for, exist for the for New York Comic-Con. But can these convention centers exist just for more than one show a year? No, but they have come Those out are the specifically. San Diego, San Diego specifically came out and said, okay. "It is why we're expanding." Well, the what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do, show guys? 
Like, what are you going to do? Give people a reason to come. Yeah. Make it about, like I said, make it about comics again. Have more video game stuff. There's things you can do that aren't revolving around these movies, which, quite frankly, are starting to dip in popularity anyway. Let's be realistic. Isn't this mo- more True. about the SAG after thing, though? If the writer's strike is still on and the actors no, are striking they, too, then they won't. They, there's, the variety is. Sorry, I just knocked something off my desk. Variety kind of spins the article to say that there is a thought of if, they're on, if the actors go on strike. They're not going to want. They're not going to come to the convention and all this stuff. And it's I get that spin, but I feel like these are decisions that were made before the strike. I agree with started. You on the Like the, they didn't all just decide last minute. Like they're looking at the numbers and does it make sense to promote there anymore? There isn't that big. And this goes back to the whole issue with the superhero movies and there being too much, being over saturated. Where it was like San Diego, they announced their one or two big movies they were going to have next year, and that was it. Now there's so much coming out all the time. It doesn't make sense to wait to San Diego to, to announce all of it as well. Well, that makes it more a problem of conceit, right? Because one, it, this is, you, this, you could say this is almost the same problem with the streaming wars, is that once these companies have enough properties, they think, oh, we'll just, we don't want to make money for San Diego Comic-Con, which is a nonprofit. We'll, we want to make money mm-hmm. ourselves. And so we'll have our own thing. And it's going to be the same rubber band thing where they go out, do their own, then they'll have a couple of years where they don't have a lot to promote. Correct. And it's nobody goes to it. And it's, maybe we'll just announce this during San Diego Comic because then we'll make something. Yep. And it's not about making, it's not really about, it's not really about making money for these. That's the problem is promotion really isn't about making money. It's about right. awareness. And they're going to, you're right. They're going to try that. D23 has been successful, but if they're, the only ones that have done it. DC Fandom hasn't really done much. So you're, what's going to happen is they're going to try to do their own thing, and then they're all going to come back. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is. Drew says, my friend has been going to SDCC for 20 years now. With their lottery, they're only able to go to two non-consecutive days, so it drove them off. And that's the problem. They're not going to feel it. San Diego Comic-Con won't feel it for a couple of years. No, that is true. That and is- New York Comic-Con has the same problem where you have to be fan-verified, and then you're put in a waiting list when the tickets go on sale. And of course, like the first couple of thousand tickets are immediately picked up by bots. There's also, yeah. And the thing is too, there's also, that's even, they've gotten so big. It's even true with the press. Like we get in because we're legacy at this point, but I know people that have shows that are bigger than ours that can't get in. So it's, yeah, you're right. And, but JD, you're right. Like people are still going to go for a few years. They're not going to feel it right away. Yeah. But it's going to be. It's always a push and pull. Like they think these companies think they're bigger than the material right now, because right now they are. But the chinks in the armor have really started to show this year. Yeah, we've seen and, that with the streaming wars. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the last thing I'll actually say on this too is, when you're at the con, you're promoting. At least the mentality is you're promoting directly to the comic book fans, and the movies have gotten so big it's beyond just the comic book fans who are going to go to convention. So what's the point of just promoting to them? They're all aware of these movies. They like, we all know about them bef- months before the normies know about them. So yeah. Going to be a lot of army recruiting stations and bathtub installation booths at these <laughs> to fill up the space. Let's, That's usually what not, we see in some of these. Oh my God. <laughs> the, yeah. The bathtub guys are my favorite. Why bathtub installation, like bath fitters at a comic book convention? Like how desperate are they to fill a booth that you see that kind of thing there? But, but yeah, but New York has the same problem, like a whole new wing. And now anyway, go ahead, Dave. Sorry. You were saying. You're right. Speaking of desperate, poor James Wan. 
<laughs> so he came out and said, Aquaman 2 will stand on its own, and they're taking it to the next level. And because it's, more of, because of it's more of a standalone movie, you should come see it and not worry about how it's affected in the DCEU and all of this stuff. And just come see it. It's a good movie. If you're a fan that of worked, DC, you're going to like it. That but worked out so well for Swamp Thing. When they canceled uh, that before the first se- the first episode came out, <laughs> Drew says presses. This is related to the last story. Drew says presses BS now. I'm into a TCG. I don't know what that means. And now there there were so many people complaining they weren't able to get their preview tickets in for their quote unquote content. We, 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 well, rating card games. I don't know. Maybe um, we, I'm kind seen, of dumb. We've seen a lot of people with press passes at especially like New York Comic Con. They were not. Press. There's a lot like of pro badge. There's a lot of pro badges too that are like that. People get pro badges that really are like questionable whether they're comic pros. I speak as one of them. Ah. <laughs> oh, I got um, a pro badge. I got a pro badge when I had a three-page story that is self-published in an, in an anthology. So like for I don't know if it's like that quite anymore, but for a long time, like it was pretty easy yeah. to get a pro badge. Anyways, so, uh, back, back to James Wan and him struggling to get relevance for his movie. So here's a question I had that I forgot to bring up last episode. So we saw the Flash, right? And we all know the original ending. It was Michael Keaton who gets out of the car, and they realize that even though they fix things, it's still messed up in some way. And they have to, and that was going to be the next phase. And they and kind of hinted that that Aquaman, the guy who plays Aquaman, Momoa, top of my head. yeah, Momoa. Like they hinted that in that uh, was it after credit scene? It was like. Oh yeah, no, I've been to all these different multiverses, and you're the same person in every one. It's like they hinted that Momo was going to be. Maybe even you know, hit. The they straight up told you. Yeah, yeah. And we all know that they had gone and reshot. We heard that the Michael Keaton was going to be in Aquaman. There are Batman scenes, and then they reshot the scenes with Affleck because there was that famous video of them being on set together that got that that went viral. Did they reshoot those scenes with Clooney? I'm curious at this Probably point. Not. I think the Clooney thing is more of a joke than anything else. Because the, yeah. the, let's be real, the universe is done. And they're telling you that now, that this is the end of the Snyderverse. So Juan, in a sense, is right. This is a standalone movie. W- w- now, he's just trying to get his people to watch his movie, which I of get. Of course, yeah. Because now, because the attitude is good, doesn't count. This movie doesn't count. And with the performance of The Flash, how could anyone think differently? Not Right. Or the last three DC movies. And the thing is, everyone kept saying, everyone, the big press, us. Oh, this is, the, we're talking about The Flash. Oh, the final chapter of the DCEU. Mm-hmm. And no, everyone forgot, no, Aquaman's coming out in a few months. Everybody's forgotten about Aquaman. Which is what, you got a guy who spent, you spent two, three, two years plus making these movies. This guy's trying to fight to keep his movie. Regardless of paycheck, he put that much effort into something, and he made the first one, too. He's trying to keep people... He wants people to see this thing that he's been working on for so yeah. long, which it sucks to be him at this point. Yeah. Because he is baby bath... He's in a baby bathwater situation. Yeah. No, and I don't blame him. Of course people should go see the movie, just... And not judge it based on the movies before it, but... It'll probably be a fun movie. Last one was fun. Yeah. It was brainless, but fun. Yeah, yeah. Flash was flawed, but fun. Yeah, that's exactly what, I, what I've been saying. Flawed but fun movie. Yeah, so. more flawed than fun. Yeah. I like that. Well, that's your opinion. <laughs> so yeah, <Yep>. it's... <laughs> we'll touch that phrase again later. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say it. Like if you haven't, if you're not sure, go see it. Support James Wan. The poor man is a trying to make a good movie and doesn't deserve hatred based on Ezra Miller. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna, gonna do it. 
Yeah, we're, we're, that's what we do. I don't think he's getting hatred. I think it's worse. I think he's getting indifference. Yeah, a lot of indifference. When people don't give a shit about what you're doing, that's the worst. Yeah. Like, at least Snyder got a rise out of people. Like, you love him or you hate him. There was no, there was very little eh, when it came to the Snyder stuff. This is different. Yep. All right. You know what? We got a movie to talk about. So we're going to take a quick break and come right back with our review. In 213 BC, Archimedes spoke to the dial that could change the course of history. this we will have our victory it's not yours you stole it then you stole it and then i stole it get back we gotta get there first i can't do that you want to stop for a little lie down Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Ready PG-13. Only in theaters June 30th. Tickets on sale now. After these messages, we'll be right back. I need to learn to adjust the volume on those things before I post them. Was it loud loud on your end? It was sounded fine on mine. John, did it sound okay on yours? It was fine on mine. Oh, it seemed loud. But I can't hear out of this ear, so. What? All right. Real quick uh, on the last article, Mark said, everyone forgot about Aquaman. Too bad there isn't a big summer comic convention that it could be promoted. Ah, (laughs) irony, sir. (laughs) Irony, sir, played. Uh, Sucks to be James Wan, right? All right. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Destiny? Destiny. I am your density. The fifth. Destiny. uh, And most likely final. Indiana Jones movie in the franchise. Let's before we talk about it, let's talk a little bit of numbers. Opening weekend as of this video, domestic 82 million, international 70 million, so worldwide 152 million, which 10 years ago would have been amazing. <laughs> would be fine if the budget wasn't 350 million dollars yeah, to start with. I think we know why. We'll get to that in a minute. Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter is 68%, which is the critic score. Audience score is 88%. That feels about right. And then we, of course, polled our audience, as we always do, over on the Twitters. By the way, they're dying. They're dying? Twitter. Oh. Yeah. Twitter's on its last leg. Yeah, we're going to have to, like, So there's alternatives. uh, Mastodon. We'll have to go to Mastodon. I want a Blue Sky invite. No one will give me a Blue Sky invite. I feel left out. That's not, this isn't uh, social media madness. We'll talk about that later. So we gave them four choices. Best of the series. It was good, not the best. It was meh, okay, and I didn't like it. Of course, the top answer was meh. It was okay at 47%, but coming in at close second was it was good, not the best at 42%. Only 5% said it was the best, and 5% said I didn't like it. It seems to be in line with most of the scores for things. Yeah, I think so. Seems to be in line with my thoughts on it, too. 
Drew says, what year is this supposed to take place in? 1980 or something? 1969, 1969. sir. Yeah, how could you not know? It's so obvious. Be- because people these days... Like, like, Drew's young. Drew's young. Yeah. Unlike some of us, they didn't live through that. They didn't Whoa. have that. Whoa. I didn't, I live, through, I didn't live through that. But I know yeah. that the moon landing was on, in 1969. And yeah. that's a big showpiece in this movie is the parade for the astronauts returning home. Yeah. 1980. Oh, my God. Also, Indiana Jones was born in 1899. For those who watch the young Indiana Jones Chronicles and follow. Yeah. And followed his life story. So, yeah. 1980. I don't think he would live to 1980 because he's 69, 70 in this movie. How old was he in those? Yeah, he's supposed to be those young Indiana Jones. This is totally unrelated to the movie, but those young Indiana Jones Chronicles were supposed to take place in the present day, which would have been 1993 ish. So he would have been damn near 100. Yeah, because he was telling he was telling the story of when he was a kid. Yeah, and he was sliding down. Those things sucked. They were so bad. Yeah, he would have been, yeah, he would have been like 93, 94 telling those stories. Yeah, there's also stuff in there I don't think is canon anymore. Like he had a first wife and daughter and like that none of that's ever mentioned in the movies i think that's not some of it is canon, canon. like when he wrote with pancho via that's canon yeah because he said it um, in crystal skull i don't know i think it's one and harrison ford played old indiana jones that one time just uh, that one with the magic the, the magical saxophone thing yeah he's also he's playing him a couple times in the, and also in the crystal skull and in this movie <laughs> in in that, we were specifically talking about yeah. The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Drew says, I just assumed it's been 40 years from the first ones, and those from the 1940s. They're actually the 1930s. The 30s, yeah. Again, Youngin doesn't really understand that the World War II went on for more than just 1944 to 45, more than the, when the U.S. was involved. Yes. The first, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, actually both the first two movies predate 35 World and 36. War I. Yeah. Yeah. 81. Yeah. Yeah. I did some research because I was curious, what, how old is he supposed to be in this movie? Is he Harrison Ford's age, younger, older. 70. And it was like, yeah, so he's like 70 because he's retiring. All right, so real quick, let's go around. Let's give our initial impressions of this movie, non-spoiler, and then we'll get into some spoilers after that. So, J.D., you can go first. Parts of this movie I just absolutely loved. Parts of this movie were hard to watch for different reasons. I liked it. It's in the middle of my Indiana Jones love of films. Of I would go Raiders, Temple of Doom, this no, I'm sorry, Raiders, Last Crusade, Temple of Doom, this one, Crystal Skull. That's what I would go. Okay. Job. It's way better than Crystal Skull. Yeah. Not as but good as the easy bar to jump over though. Correct. Sean. I really liked this one. Okay. I put this up there with the original three. Chris, Crystal Skull doesn't exist. I mean, they're allowing it, but mm-hmm. they util- okay, we get into the movie, they utilize Crystal Skull, I think, in this movie. Yeah, but the thing is I think the problem is that this movie is fighting the time in which it's being released in the, in 81, when Indiana Jones and and Raiders of the Lost Ark was released, we had just finished the decades of, I don't know, cowboys and Indians being big thing. And there was a generation that remembered that and had nostalgia for that. And having this Indiana Jones thing where it was like, Classy, no. Classy, you may leave the podcast. You are dismissed Crystal from Skull class. is great, but Indi- the but best it, Indiana Jones movie ever. Classy, right. no. but but the thing is, I it, like it was nostalgia for the people of that time, 
And for kids like me, it's our first foray into an action adventure movie. And how could you go wrong with the Williams score and, and industrial light magic and all that? So it just, it's fighting. It's fighting. And we are now in an era of the Marvel MCU and all this other stuff. And I think this is fighting at the same time. There's so much. You talked about nostalgia. I think this movie is oh, the nostalgia. nostalgia. It's the nostalgia right. of itself. Like right. The original idea, the original Raiders of the Lost Ark was nostalgia for the serials. And realistically, the people that went to those things were old at this point. The that was more that... Lucas, but that wasn't the people that were going to see was weren't the people that went and saw serials because serial content was in the 30s and 40s. At that point, the people that age were in their 40s, their 50s and 60s. We're, this was inspiration. In the 60s, we were just out getting out of that. Uh, yeah, in the know, 60s. The, the, this the old made westerns and all that, right? Yeah, this was made and, in 81. But, but there was still that idea of an adventurer. And yeah. that's still an idea of there are places on the planet that we haven't seen yet. Whereas now everything's mapped by satellite. And the thing is, if you're a kid going to see this movie, okay, you may go and watch the previous movies just to see what the big hubbub is about. But kids these days, we have the freaking internet. They've got a million channels. We're in a, a, a we're in a we're in an era of TikTok of lower expectations and lower attention spans. So I don't I know like for me this hit all the right notes. I'm just really sorry that the society today is not built for this kind of for, to be to actually love this kind of movie anymore. Really, that's what I feel like. This movie has issues that are beyond TikTok. I don't gonna, see oh, them though. I don't see those issues. I'll tell you what we'll, we'll uh, talk about. Your main character, what, 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 is, Dave. Dave wants to. Yes. So I'm going to. I think I'm going to agree with JD with the ranking. Definitely, Raiders and Last Crusader will always be the best two indie stories. Period. I am like it was good. Was it an Indiana Jones movie? I yes. Thought... I felt like the time period it took place works for the story they're telling yeah i agree i thought that was brilliant it was like marigold did a brilliant job of using that setting to tell the story that where indy's at in his life and it works really well but i do have a couple like issues with some of it and we'll get into that nothing like and it's nothing major i have no issue with harrison ford and indy in this movie there's other things though that i have issue with and we'll get into that but yeah but overall i think it's worth it's a it is a fun movie. It's a fun two and a half hours. It is the crazy adventures of Indy. And then you're done after two and a half hours. You're like, okay, that was fun. And you move on with your life. I don't know if this is, I think it'll pass the laundry test. I don't think I would ever fold laundry and watch Crystal Skull, but I think I would fold laundry and watch this one. Classy's making the same point that I was trying to make. To be Classy's fair, I've only yet- seen Crystal Skull, but I tried to watch the old Indiana Jones films and I fell asleep. There's general, I mean, there's movies that definitely don't appeal to certain <laughs> generations. Gone with the Wind is still, the, if you adjust for inflation, the all-time box office champ. I don't like that movie. I yeah. think it's boring. My mom loved it. So it's, there's movies that appeal to, to different generations. And that's also society today still, looks at that as a big misogynist movie. So yeah. well, it was, but like even before then, like when I saw it for the first time in 1989 with my mom, I was like, this is long and this is boring and this is not good, but it's considered, an, I can, I understand why it's considered a cinematic classic. Right. I just don't care for it. So like that, but that's okay. Is you're supposed to feel like that. Like sometimes yeah. a piece of art is supposed to be for a specific generation or a specific group of people. And if it doesn't have those touchstones, that's not a bad thing. And I think that's 
I think this one goes into a larger issue that I think we're having with film this year. So, yeah. Who's got fireworks going off? That's got to be Dave. I don't, no. no, it's me. I'm out oh, in the docks, remember? It's, oh. it's surprisingly quiet in my neighborhood at the moment. Gotcha. All right. Unless there's an alien invasion going on and they've already no. taken all the people from my neighborhood. No, no they've been movie. setting off fireworks for the last two days, so... Anyway, all right. Sorry. All right. That. So I will say this, Nell, if you have gotten this far and you haven't seen the movie yet, this is where you can bail. If you don't want spoilers, if you don't care, we're going to keep going. So spoilers in three, two, one. All right. JD, I'm going to start with you. Later. Because uh, I'm kind of curious, what was one of the things that you had an issue with in the movie? I cannot stand Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I thought she was one of the most annoying, irredeemable it's she's irredeemable and inconsistent. Yeah, she is, yeah. She only exists to move the plot forward. I don't Her know if character. she only exists. I don't know about that, but I don't like the way the character. Like I'm a big character. Yeah. Her, she is unrepentant. She is unlikable. She does very little to redeem herself as a character. I've never, I have never liked a character less in a when I liked yeah. her less than I liked Mutt Williams. I could not stand her and i was ready to be on board and, right? and, and she's supposed and, to be this charming rogue and i think a lot of it comes from her performance i could not stand her performance of this character there's i'm in my head watching people going Haley atwell should have played this role and i know we're supposed to love phoebe waller bridge but i just i thought she was god awful and every time she was driving a scene it took it, it took me out of it huh my dad told me this morning about indiana jones that harrison ford is a legend and he's too old he's not at his prime anymore. That is that is also the but story. But that's the story. Yeah. And it also, but I don't disagree because there's my other issue is watching Harrison Ford. All right. Yeah. It's funny because that's that was my biggest issue with the movie. Not so much her acting. I don't I didn't have an issue with I didn't her. care for I'm not saying she's a bad actress. I'm saying I didn't care for the performance. She's not okay. bad in the role. I didn't like the role. I didn't like her yeah. choices. I didn't like the way she I didn't like her delivery. I just didn't I didn't like the character. I didn't she like comes the performance. Off, she comes off for most of the movie is conniving, mean, backstabbing, mean. Yeah, but and, not charming. That's the. I figured that's yeah. the big problem. Is like Indiana Jones can be a real big dick sometimes, but he's charming, right? So yeah. you let a lot of that stuff slide, and you see him. The whole point of Raiders of the Lost Ark is he's a dick, and he has to learn, right? Like it's about him learning. I because again, it's not her movie, so it's almost unfair. But I thought that a lot of her. A lot of her action in the movie isn't <clears throat> what I mean. There's so many issues I have with everything she does in this movie. Aside from being unlikable, what the hell was she? What was her plan with the plane? Which which part she has the plane? Teddy fly. She can go. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She does the Steve Rogers thing where she jumps into the plane. I and the, felt. What was her plan? Like she didn't I, know they were gonna fly through a fissure in time. We didn't know. She didn't know that was gonna happen. So what was the idea? I was talking about some wife's like when we thought they were gonna jump from one plane to another. I'm like that was her plan. And she's no, like, oh, it's a movie. I, I'm like, I get it, but that's a terrible this is, plan. Now, I feel like this was supposed to maybe be the redeeming moment, but it doesn't work out in the fact that, that she, she was telling him? Teddy she was telling Teddy to go do something else to distract him, and she was going to go save Indy on the plane so that Teddy wouldn't get hurt. But Teddy was able to fly the plane anyway. But because but that, they needed that plane to get back, but that's the, this is very this very that very much reeked of studio interference. We need the bad guys to get their comeuppance, but we need to make sure Indy and company get home. How are we going to do that? We'll just have another plane there. How do we get another plane there? What if we have Teddy? We'll do a scene early in the movie where Teddy is learning how to fly a plane by a guy who we know who just happens to be sitting at the bar teaching him how to fly with cups, and we can use that to motivate the scene for the. Just, 
absolutely reeked of we're going to put this in to drive the story. And it just, it was not good. Again, I was fine with it, but it wasn't like smart screenwriting. I was not in love with that idea. Like whenever Harrison Ford is doing stuff, this movie works. Whenever it's on anybody else to do anything, except for Mads Mikkelsen, great villain, might be my favorite, might be my favorite villain in all the Indiana Jones movies at this point. Yeah. But she's, she took me out of the movie at large chunks. Yeah, I just, and then you're right too. I just didn't understand. She went through all that bother, bother to get the dial that she knew and Indy didn't destroy. That she was confident. And she leaves that. him behind to die. Yes, leaves him behind to die. She locked the fucking door. And then he goes, and she's auctioning it off. And it was just like, why? Like you could have done so many other things. To, why are you trying to auction off this thing? And you know that the people are trying to chase you and kill you for it. And yet, but I get what it is. It's a play on Raiders of the Lost Ark, where Indy's looking for fortune and glory. That, and yeah. then he learns that not everything in life is not about fortune and glory. And she's in. We're supposed to parallel. Like she's supposed to parallel Indiana Jones in so many ways. Yeah. But the problem is, I don't know. There's just something about her that's just not likable. That it just doesn't. It didn't work for me. So I'll just say it doesn't work. But and I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh, she was great. Loved her." I didn't. They didn't like her. If they spin off. Remember the rumors are going to try to spin off Shia LaBeouf into Indiana Jones movies. They made a if they made a movie with her, I, I don't think I'd go see it. Yeah, I think they've said Kathleen Kennedy will make a movie as long as the main character is a woman and has a British accent. I think that's part of the problem too. To be honest with you, I think there's a reason. Like in the Star Wars, everyone has a British accent. The villains all have British accents, and one it was because it was filmed in Pinewood. Two, the Brit very easy for Brits to come off as cold and calculating. Well, here's and the thing: she comes too. off very cold. Here's the thing, too, and like that, that to me, that's a dumb statement because it's like if you're talking about Indiana Jones, because it's not Indiana Jones anymore at that point. It's now whatever that it's now Wombat, Wombat Jones or what? I can't know. I'm not going to go see that movie. I don't. I do. I think a big I maybe I would feel this differently about this movie if it was played by someone that spoke different. But I think she I think a lot of the problem is that the accent, it comes off very cold in her performance. I don't feel I don't feel a lot for her. I just, I found the whole thing to be cold and distant, emotionally distant. And when she's trying to be like, not at the end of the movie, it felt hollow. Yeah. Again, why wouldn't, I don't know. I don't know. I felt her motivations weren't clear and through the whole thing. And that's, it felt inconsistent. And it felt like, like I said, in my opinion, a lot of her actions were just to move the plot forward. Like I saw someone saying, I did the John thing where I looked at, I never did this before. I decided this one where I looked at different YouTube videos just because I was feeling very conflicted when I, about this movie. So I wanted to hear like some other thoughts. And I watched two positive and two negative. And I think that a, uh, she's trying to redeem her father, but I never got that vibe watching it. And maybe that's me, but it never felt yeah. like she, she was trying to redeem her father's work. On if the she was dive. trying to redeem her father's work, she wouldn't have tried to auction off the and, it's, and then like her whole thing with blaming Indiana Jones, you were never around for me. What's a godfather supposed to do? Nothing. It's a godfather. It's a title. You know, yeah. like you lived in a different country. Just, I don't know, man. Big not fan. John, you are quiet and I clearly could see you feel very differently than us. Please. I'm not, I, I'm, I will admit that they could have characterized her a little bit more deeply to, to show you more of the journey. But I think she did a great job. I felt at the end when... She, you could see when they were at the, where was it at, what's his name's coffin, that she had to make the decision of whether to leave or to go after Indy. And she struggled for a second and then she went after Indy. 
And then at the end, when he just wanted to stay in like an archaeologist dream, she lost she took him it. Out of, yeah, she took him out of it. She didn't listen to an old man's last request as he was dying. Very heroic of her. He wasn't dying, though. He was shot in the chest. Yeah, he but he's the protag, that. so. You know. I, you're right. That's, so we got, yeah. it got all better. 100%. 100% the <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I, in, in, on the plane, he was. He seemed like he was dying, but like every scene after, he was like, oh, I'm getting a little bit more spry. So, <laughs> it's like, I'll go for a walk now. <laughs> yeah, it was very much. Yeah, but the man just says, just leave me here. He, at the time, he did have nothing. Well, I was kind of like, what is that? She's saying, you'll destroy. She wasn't doing the doctor, but you'll destroy the space time. But, but she needed him. Because she's selfish. She needed him at that point. Because she's selfish. She realized. Hmm? She's remarkably selfish. It's one of the most selfish protagonists this side of Indiana Jones. Quite well, frankly. yeah, but she was also worried about him. I mean, he, had, he, like, realistically, he had his wife had left him. His son is dead. He has one last great adventure and he's in the past. I'm like, this is perfect. This is the perfect way for him to go. Again, I think they could have shown more of that journey. This movie is yeah. pretty long. But I and there's probably stuff and there's probably stuff on the cutting room floor. I'd love to see an extended cut of it. But I think she did a fine job. I felt for her at the end when she's no, I can't leave you. I need you. And then punches him and takes him back. Karen said because she went with me and she did say that she thought that would have been a better ending if he was left in the past. It would have been a more interesting ending. We talk about what works. I'll give my things on why it couldn't have ended that way and why it shouldn't have. But characters, pure character wise, like it's it would have fit. Yeah, that's that. And I agreed with her. Yes. And there are reasons why it wouldn't have worked. But I also feel like we were talking about studio interference. I wonder if they shot it that way originally. And then they were like, no, we want to leave this open if we want to another one. I, I, I hope not. They're not going to, they, there's no way they can do another one because Harrison Ford really is, there's no way that he's getting too old to do this. 82. I, I know it feels like they left it open for Helena, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I, I, again, I don't see anything wrong with, ha- with I can well, see. it's not Indiana I, Jones I, anymore, though. Maybe my brain is filling in the blanks or maybe this movie is putting me through a little bit of existential dread because... Basically, I've just saw a movie where a hero of mine from when I was in the, the yeah, you know, was a little bit way younger that I have now seen his entire life and the end of his life. And I'm like thinking to myself, wow, I really am old. But, yeah, I thought but, so. but the thing is that I think she did a, a good job, but they brought back Karen Allen. They brought back Marion. I think that is the perfect ending where those I, two end up to back together again. I, when she, when you see her, I was happy. It was a little bit. Of, it was it way was better than of, Crystal Skull when they revealed her. They revealed her in like she's a she's a main character in the movie. I um, know, but yeah. this was it's like the remember Wayne's World? They had the mega happy ending and the Scooby Doo ending. This yep. felt like they were going for the mega happy ending. But those two have such great chemistry, and when you see them together, it does feel right. That in the yeah. moment, I was like, you know what? I'm okay. So, okay. so John, since you're talking about old and feeling it and all that stuff. Let's talk about the thing I felt worked probably like the best in the movie is setting it in 1969 and and making the astronauts returning like a set piece for it because that is reflecting Indiana Jones getting older. No one cares about archaeology anymore because now we're we're going into space and it's all 
sci-fi. No one cares about that stuff. And, and they've conquered most of the planet. There's no mystery left, apparently. Right. These days, we don't. We, the only mystery we, we see is at the depths of the ocean, and we just saw what happens when you try that. Um, yeah. But yes. Um, go. <laughs> yeah. Implosion time. Anyway, um, let's not. That's. I don't want to talk about the tragedy. Regardless of what you think of the people, it's a tragedy that five people lost their lives. Anyway. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but, except for the guy that did it. But anyway. Stop! <laughs> I'm talking but, about existential dread. It's Come one on. of those things, though, <laughs> and I don't know if, I don't know how you guys feel about this. It's also one of those things, though, like, they did a great job of putting it in that setting so you can feel, it also helps you feel more his age and whatnot. But at the same time, they do the same thing that they do constantly in movies. They've completely changed his life situation where we left him off in the last movie to put him in a desperate situation at the beginning of this movie. And okay. have, you have to do that. That's like the, that's the crux of drama. Well, yeah, I know. Happy, happy people I, don't make for drama. Get that. But mummy, the mummy two worked with now they're a family instead Sir, of the mummy two did not work. Let's be realistic. <laughs> I'm like sorry, but I like too. the mummy too. Yeah, but, the, but the thing, but the thing is that is really a trope of, okay, the main protag and his love interest get together and the next movie, Oh, she died. Oh, she left him. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Like always. Now, in this case, I was okay with it because they got rid of Shia LaBeouf. But <laughs> I mean, Why are killing him off screen, oh, okay. fine with me. But, but, here's, but okay. losing, and, and the explanation for losing Marion too made sense. It made sense. Because, it makes sense. And that's, yeah, that, that because is. Because you lose your. It was so funny because Karen was like, I don't understand like why they weren't together. And I'm like, that happens a lot. all the time when the child When you lose dies, a child, it the, is. The, mm-hmm. the, they go through the men and women grieve differently and it drives them apart. When Two people grieve differently. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a, because they're a man and yeah, a woman. Just it's just partners. People part- grieve differently. No one, yeah. there's no rules on how you're supposed to grieve. And, I know, like, but- and I'm sure Indiana Jones, as we've seen from the Jones character, I'm sure he just shut down completely and shut everything right. down. Yep. Exactly. I'm sure that's how he dealt with well, it. And you get that feeling from when Marion totally. walks up to him and says, so are you back? Yeah, which makes sense. Mark, we, I think, is drinking. Shy is a national treasure. He was a national treasure. That was Nicolas Cage. Yeah, you're being silly. Exactly. You're being silly, Mark. <laughs> Excuse me, the mummy too told him, you look at that end sequence with the rock and tell me that whole thing works, sir. Wrong. Oh, I come I on. I know how much. I think I... special effect in film history. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. It was Ray that said that. But, oh, it was Ray that said that. I'm so... Oh, it's Ray. I, I thought that was Mark that was right. No, but Mark I fully, say, Excuse I me, fully expect Mark, or I fully expect Ray to have those feelings on a movie. Yeah. Like, Never mind. I won't even engage that. I agree with him. I I agree with him. The I think it was, was great. Fun. It was fun. Let me too. All right. Fun. But yeah, but that does happen a lot in marriages. And But did they need to kill Shia LaBeouf? Yes. 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 Couldn't they recast them? No. Here's why this has to happen. But hold on. But hold on. Before you get to that, I got a rant. Before you get to your rant, because my issue is they show him as like a non-conforming rebel in in Crystal Skull. A beatnik. He is not the kind of person that's going to sign up for the military, in my opinion. Except he got to know his father, especially to go to Vietnam, where no one agreed with Vietnam. Not at first, though. 
If he enlists in 64, 65, before, okay, let's like talk history wise. True. In okay. 64, 65, you still have stuff like the fighting CBs going on the theaters where it was still, they were trying to re inspire that kind of spirit of America. It's not till 67 when the Tet offensive really goes yeah. tits up that America really turns on him. People were enlisting. The draft didn't go crazy until the latter half of the decade right. when people went south. It would not be crazy. For especially he wants to piss his dad off because again, Korea came most of the people came back from Korea, it wasn't like, yeah, Vietnam. yeah. So, I mean, it's not crazy. And then again, if Mutt didn't have anything else really going, it's not totally, and he's not a beatnik, he's a greaser. So, greaser, I mean, it, yeah. it's not terribly out of character for something like that. And we don't, especially, know after, especially after getting to know his father and hearing all the probably the war stories about yeah because indy play and he was in the but yeah especially children of soldiers and he was a spy he was an oss yeah yeah yep. that's the whole the, first yeah. part the precursor oss was the precursor of the cia it turns yeah. on him later in the movie great parallelism again there's so many great things i want to talk about but i think that i think mutt has to die to get him to this point because the entire theme of this film is time we're losing time it's the one thing that we can't count. The one thing you can count on is time. And as an old man, you're running out of time. That's what this whole movie is driven on. It's this concept of time. That's the that's the major theme of this movie. And like you needed to get him into this dark place to drive the story. Ape at races, they treat Shia like Ezra Miller these days, like he's a terrorist. I'm not going to touch that, sir. We're going to leave that to the side. Mm. <laughs> so I thought that it, it makes sense. Cause again, when you're, when you've had this great life and there's far more days behind you than in front of you, what do we all want? Like John, I think we both had the same feeling after this movie of feeling old after so, seeing yeah. your heroes breaking down in front of you and, so and wondering where the time what, go. what, yeah. And what, like what's in front of us now? What can I do? Yeah. I want to do something interesting. Yeah. Now. yeah. But so thematically, it was so good. Yeah. So and just to go with the Shia LaBeouf army thing, King of the Crystal Skull was set in 1957. So right. by 1969, yeah, he had plenty of time to hear all the wonderful, neat adventures of his father and decide, oh, I'm going to go do adventure stuff too. I'll join the army. Before and that happened. And then the other thing is, I kept wondering, why did they move him from Connecticut to New York? And I was thinking, like, was he that distraught? But that's, he's been there for 10 years, because that's the whole thing. He was retiring in the movie. So it was like, oh, maybe Marion was living in New York, and he moved to where she lived. That makes the most sense. Like, she's, it feels like she's down the road when she delivers the Yes, country. exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like she traveled in from out of it's state. It's just one of those weird things that's not really explained it, in the movie, the move. Other think, than they wanted to take place in New York. I think they wanted to take place in New York. So I think they had the set piece in mind with the Apollo parade. Yeah. I think that's why they wanted it in New York City. It's a little weird, especially for an older guy to move into the city. But yeah, yeah. I'll allow it. it. At the time, better jobs for for what he was doing. For, for, a professor. for an archaeology professor, yeah. You'd have a much better job there than you would in Connecticut at the time. Yeah. Sure. Maybe I can't. I've never been a college professor, so I cannot. Yeah, exactly. Cannot speak, I cannot speak <laughs> to that. But yeah, man, I just I love the motif of time and how to deal with it. Man, it's uh, okay. Really well done. This is a scene though that I didn't think was well done. I thought this was the oddest thing. Speaking of professors and all, so they do this. It's exposition. Like he's retiring. They say that he's been there for ten years. They give him the clock, which is a nice little touch, and then he okay. gives it to a bum. Because it's it's time. Well, I don't need I don't need to be reminded about my time. But here's yep. the thing. This is what's odd about it. 
He's teaching a class. He's telling them, you got to know this stuff. It's going to be on the test. So it's not the end of the semester. He walks out of the class and is happy retirement. It's like, wait, what? The final <laughs> like, could be the final could be next week, though. And right, it was like a yeah. surprise retirement. We do that stuff all the time. Retirement parties at schools before the year is out. Because uh, what is he going to be doing after the final? He's going to be grading papers. They're not going to have mm-hmm. time for a for a. Party. I don't know. It just felt yeah. it felt odd. Like I feel like they would have done it after. He could have just announced it too. With everything going on with Marion, he would have just announced it. So they're gonna they would have done that. It is a little plot. Them. It is a little bit of plot convenience, but <clears throat> I don't think it's a bad idea because he is pushing. The final could very well be the next day. I haven't looked at the timeline on when the parade actually happened, but I'm in this. For the purpose of the story, I'm willing to like forgive it all. And the and then Karen's question when he's teaching that class, he didn't question who Helena was at all. Who this person showed up and is answering all the questions? Who's never been in his class before? You think most college professors pay attention to who's in their classes? Probably yeah, at that point, especially done, when they're ready to retire. I had so many professors in college who did not know who the hell I was. Okay, yeah. fair. Well, that didn't, yeah. If and again, there are not a lot of kids in that class. So what I really liked about that scene was the parallelism, right? Yeah. Because it, it bookends the scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? He's teaching about the Ark of the Covenant. Now he's teaching about the Battle of Syracuse. And I like that. I like that in the Ark. I like that in Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's young and the girls are like, oh, he's blah, blah, blah. It's great. And now he's a crusty old man and no one's paying attention to a damn thing he says. What I like even more is what are they concerned about? What is everybody thinking about in this movie? Apollo 13. Apollo Yep. Space. Space. Yeah. Yep. What does it's a meta commentary, right? Yeah. What is like driven fans away from Indiana aliens? Yeah. And the fact that he's yep. sitting next to the astronaut kid on the subway. The whole a lot of this movie kind of is a commentary on Crystal Skull. And it's just people can be extras to the field, never take a class. That's true. Yeah. Or you can audit a class where you can just show up and not get credit for it. I don't know why That's anybody true. would do that. People do that. Anyway. Right, exactly. And Crystal Skull is what ruined. <laughs> and that's the thing too is like he he's walking around like he's irrelevant because of the space because of space he's become irrelevant yeah it's so it's such a cool commentary mm. on it again because they uh, because by this time they they've nobody feels like there's any I place left like, on the planet to discover like they think they feel like they've discovered everything because I, I he's, feel, again he's an archaeologist his interest is here not yeah. there i feel mm-hmm. like there's an alternate timeline version of this movie where Indy is running around NASA going, no, don't do this. There really are aliens out there. <laughs> Those were interdimensional beings, sir, not space aliens. They were still aliens. They, so. were aliens. they can try all they want. They were aliens. <laughs> yeah. Damn. There's a, uh, so let's talk Mads Mikkelsen. Excellent. He it's took, excellent. In this he movie. took a pole to the face at 60 miles an hour and didn't even have a scratch. I know. I was I was wondering if they were going to go back in time and like he was going to save himself from that or something. Yeah, Ray's right. It, where he goes, aliens wasn't out of the norm of indie people crap on it. People crap on the aliens thing. We did gods three times before. And I agree. I never. I did not have an issue. My issue with Crystal Skull is not the aliens. It's everything else. Is the problem in Crystal Skull. <laughs> What were we just talking about before I read Ray's thing? Dr. Voller and Mads Mikkelsen and uh, his indestructible face. His indestructible face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. He is so good at being an evil. It's great. Uh, and, and it fits because back then. Yeah, it, Project they, Paperclip. Werner yes. Von Braun. They basically they, told Werner Von Braun was the bad guy in this movie. Yeah, they and they hired, in real life, they hired yeah. anybody they could get. 
for the space race for, yeah. for Project Manhattan. Yeah. It didn't matter what they did over in Germany or any of the Axis Isn't, powers. They just they, they, they would hire them. Weren't some Maybe of them the also weren't also some of them extradited before the war was over to help build the nuclear bomb? Yes. And we're going yep. to go see a movie about that. Talk, we're talk not going to see that it. I want to see it. We're going to talk about that one later. Yeah, I just think he's such – the performance is so good. And again, another guy, same – man, they have the exact same motivation. Time. Old man. Running out of time. I can do – and he is. I love the idea. Is I'm going to go back in time. It's the most It's the most cliched reason to go back in time. But from him, it's, whoa, what are you going to do in the back time? I'm going to kill Hitler. I know. I, so I can do it myself. It's perfect. Yeah. 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 There, there is, and I forget the name of it. I'll, I'll have to look it up while we're talking. But there, there is a a quick little wiki. I think it's, I, I think it's history wiki or something like that. But it's basically, it's basically a conversation on a forum board about time travelers and how all everybody who discovers time travel, the first thing they always do is go back to try and kill Hitler. And the the forum admins are always going, have to go back and stop them because if there's no Hitler, then there's no World War II. If there's no World War II, we lose all of our technology. And without that technology, we don't discover time travel. And so it creates paradoxes. So it's somebody comes onto the board and says, oh, I just discovered time travel. And hey, I just went back to 1932 as Hitler was walking out the door with his painting stuff and I knocked him out. And the next Entry is before Madman going, I just went back to 1932 and uh, knocked this guy out and dragged his ass back to <laughs> can please can people please stop talking trying to kill Hitler. <laughs> but yeah, like I, that that took me by surprise. It's we're, I'm not going to go and t- and show Hitler the power of this time travel thing or whatever. It's like, I'm going to go kill him. It makes but, sense too because like they were winning. They were winning and Hitler just started doing a lot of stupid things. Some historians yeah. think maybe he had some because he was started. a nut he was a nutcase. Yeah. Yeah, Hitler was. That's funny if you look at. Hitler's a maniac, and it's funny if you look at everything he did progressively. It was more and more about getting power, which is why it's such a rich thing for the Indiana Jones stories and how the Nazis wanted the religious relics because they believed there was power attached to. They had a train full of them. Yes, Mm -hmm. but they didn't have the sphere of destiny. Which is great. great. Another commentary, because that was that's something that's been attached to Indiana Jones lore for so long. And I love it because the actual spirit destiny is a fraud. It is a fake. Right. Mm -hmm. Carbon dated. It's like the 12th century. So I thought it was perfect to have the spirit of Longinus. I thought it was Longinus. They called it Longinus. And it's a fake. That's a phony. And they're like tossing it aside. It's even at his nightstand at the end of the movie for some reason. Yeah. And considering Indy would be the one to say it's a fraud because he's held the cup. He's seen the arc. Who knows he, what else he's actually seen that we didn't. Yeah, it's perfect. I love that we had that MacGuffin at the beginning of the movie, right? Yeah. It was great. It was so fitting. There's so much good stuff in this movie. So what really do we is. think? Okay. The, this movie had a large budget, almost, or 300 too million. Big. Far too big. 320, 352 million. But we know, yeah. let's be honest, a big portion of that probably went to that beginning sequence, which looked wonderful. A big percentage of that actually went toward COVID protocols and slowing down production and Harrison Ford got hurt and just the budget ballooned for a lot of just like real reasons. Like these, a big, and I was reading about this, a big reason the budgets on a lot of these films are so high right now is the COVID safety protocols. They had attached so much other stuff to movies on top of the other Uh, waste of spending they normally do. I don't think the AI costs, I'm sure it was expensive, but I'm sure 
it wasn't that expensive. I mean, they look great. I thought, what did you guys think? You guys are harder than stuff than I typically am, but I thought Harrison that, Ford looked good. Okay, I'm going to say that's the best I have seen it thus far. I, I, saw, I saw a video where Harrison explained it to his knowledge of how they did it. They basically took all of the footage of his face from all from the Star Indians Wars and, and from Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. Mm. Put it into a computer and let the AI pick what was the best so wild picture for the angle and the lighting for that shot to put over his face. And they would just mine from that until it looked perfect. And then of but course, you could tell when he talked, you could hear his old I said voice. that too. Oh, yeah, I thought that too. They gave they let him have the old man voice. Why they didn't just tweak his voice to make it sound younger, I have but no idea. But it's harder to tweak a voice. Then it, they found with Mark Hamill, it is way harder to tweak an old voice to sound young than it is to do the image processing. They could just, uh, Mark Hamill sounds yeah. well because they used an AI to do the voice. They could have yeah. had Harrison Ford deliver all his lines and then use the AI to replicate it. They don't quite have it down yet, though, to what they have with visuals. Or hire so, an impersonator who could have done Harrison Ford's voice in 19, what would have been, probably 1994. That would have that probably would have worked, except that probably Harrison Ford would have nixed that. Yeah, I know 100%. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. You didn't have to tell him. You could well, have... His agent would have nixed that, right? Yeah. No, Harrison yeah. Ford. That ego? Oh, big time. True. Big. Yeah. But the scene ruled. I, I, after that scene was over, I'm like, I can go home now. I feel like I just watched a great <laughs> Indiana Jones movie. It was yes. It was amazing. It was, it, again, as somebody who saw the original movie in the theaters, in, in, you know, old enough to re- remember it all, and boy, was that a special time, like... That would that movie back then was just that one stuck because it was just so different from everything. But so yeah, it just had the pin, same feeling. Sorry, put a pin in this conversation because I think we need to talk about that at the end because I think this is a good stat, a good statement on where we are in Hollywood right now. With it, it has to make nine hundred million to be profitable. It's not going to, by the way. Yeah. So, what else did you think that was cool about this, Dave? Like, what worked really good for you? Let me think. I liked, like I said, the setting. I didn't like. I the old voice stood out to me, but I can let that go, right? Yeah, like, I felt absolutely yeah. minor nitpick. Minor nitpick. I loved all the chase scenes. Like they were they Indiana were Jones. Yeah. They were all Indiana Jones worthy chase scenes, right? The, there is a good a lot of juxtaposition. The whip, him using the whip, and then everyone pulls out a gun. I felt like that was a juxtaposition to Temple of Doom, or no, sure. no Raiders. That was Raiders. They did the juxtaposition in Temple of Doom though, because he didn't have his gun. Pretty sure they've done something similar in every one of them, but yeah, it works. Probably it works really well here. I let me think. I thought the now I'm not going to say anything negative yet. I like the ending. I really, you know me, I'm a happy ending guy. Yes, even though Indy didn't get what he really wanted, he never does. I like that he ended up with Marion, and that's the only thing that kind of redeems Helena is she's showing him. Here's why you had to come back. Here are the people that care about you that would exactly, miss you. exactly. <laughs> But and that that makes you happy. And they, where does it hurt? Here, or where doesn't it hurt? Like that was a very touching scene. It, it well, really works. It's a great way to end the story. Karen Allen's great. Oh, I love the subway horse. Wasn't ride. that good? That was. Oh my just, god, that was yeah. great. That again, was, classic Indiana Jones. I do. So, Raiders made a joke. Hopefully, sets up a short round spin up. I do wish they'd have brought short round back. Oh, how about the cameo from Antonio Banderas? That's weird because he comes in to do a real weird scene. But they killed him off. That's fine. He didn't have to live. But it was just like, hey, Antonio Banderas. Here's a question. Does this movie work better if you replace Helena with Short Round? In my opinion, yes. Nah. Yeah. Because that's that's what... Because there's already an established relation. So the emotion's going to be there more 
than with a character they just made up for this movie. But did you, wait a minute now, did you catch that Ethan Isidore, Teddy, that he met... Oh yeah, it's a short he, he met, whole thing. Yeah, he met Helena in the exact same way yeah, that Short Round met Indy, right? Yeah, yeah it's totally meant to, because you're supposed to think of her as Indiana Jones and have all these parallels, except she doesn't have any of his charm. Yeah, in my opinion. I, thought- I like Teddy. Teddy was fun. Yeah, he worked. Yeah, kid can have a good career ahead of him. I do think it's a better movie with Short Round. Because you can be because again, there's another level of disappointment if you find out Short Round just kind of never became a better person. He just stayed a scam artist. Exactly. Like I, think, I was I kept waiting for a cameo from him because he's been in the news since this movie came out. I think this movie was made before Yeah. I, I think he was still retired when this thing was getting into production. Because again, he just made a comeback recently. Yeah. With everywhere mm-hmm. everything everywhere all, everywhere at, once. all at once. Yes. If this was if this movie had been a year later, I think we would have had it. I think that I think we, and it turns out the kid's still really, the kid, he's older than me. He's still really good. I think that would have been a better move. Because again, thematically, Indy lost his son, but he could rediscover his son. Exactly. Yeah. No, I do. I think there's a better movie if it's short round instead of the magic family member that I never met till just now, that we never met till just right now, that's convenient for the plot. And Ray said that he was at the premiere. So yeah, of course he was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's I, that's why I keep seeing them pop pop up in the news because they're talking. Because I think everybody's saying the same thing right now. They should have had short round, and I'm sure Mangles. If I'd have known he was acting again, I'd have put him in the damn movie. I thought he was going to be the guy with the boat. Yeah, so, right, I, I thought the same thing. I almost, yeah, I thought that too. And then I thought the same thing. I said I thought to myself, this could have been short round, but then he gets killed. I'm like, oh, now I'm really glad it wasn't short round. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but by my, kid by. Was, my kid was thrilled because it was Puss in Boots. Because he True. loves the Puss in Boots uh, movies. And he heard him talk. He's like, Dad. And he just, he snapped right away. He's like, that's Puss in Boots. I'm like, yeah, that's Puss I'm like, you're right. That is Antonio Pinteris. It took me a second. He was playing Greek. And I was not surprised. By, by and by, this is the eighth most expensive movie of all time. Why? So Pirates Pirates of the Caribbean, Stranger Tides was first with $375 million. Age, Avengers Age of Ultron at $365 million. Then Endgame at 356. Then Avatar Way of Water at 350. Infinity War Avengers 325. Pirates of the Caribbean again at World's End at 300 million. And then Justice League at 300 million. And then this one at 294.7. The, two, the 294 is like the low end because the high end they're estimated was 329 for this movie. I've seen three, I thought I saw 350 too, but I could be wrong on that. But yeah, it's all over 300 million. It didn't have to be. This movie did not have to be this expensive. But again, it was done a lot during COVID. So it was, and that boost yeah. cost. But again, there's things we could have not, there's ways we could have skimped some money on this stuff. And it's that's the thing that's sad is because of everything they had the delays putting this out anyway. So if they just started filming it later, it probably wouldn't have been as expensive. Yeah, and it hurts too because the cost of these movies now is so high that it's in, like we talked about this with the Flash a couple weeks ago. If something isn't a blockbuster, it's a disaster. It's yeah. a disaster for these studios. Like, how can everything be a blockbuster for these big, blockbuster for these big budget things anyway? That we still everything's we still get... got these big budgets. Every like all every movie is supposed to be a franchise now, and yeah. we're seeing. I don't think it's superhero fatigue. I think it's franchise fatigue. Yeah. I think people are getting tired of franchises. I also feel let's, can we be honest here? I'll be honest. I got no problem being honest. How does this movie appeal to the key demo, the 18 to 35 year olds? That's what I was saying in the beginning though. It's, it's, this movie doesn't really translate to that demographic these days. Uh, Here's the thing. It's a nostalgia thing. Did you watch this movie with your dad growing up? 
Yeah. Was this part of how you grew up? Was Raiders of the Lost Ark yep. and Temple of Doom? Was this because again, my I took my seven year old. He knows these movies because of me, and he's yeah, this is the best Indiana Jones movie right. ever. That's one of my greatest memories as a kid. My dad took me and my one brother to see this movie. I came home and I was singing the theme song for weeks. Because Williams, John Williams, greatest of all time. But I think the Raiders of the Lost Ark is such a great movie. Oh, it is. It's one of the best. It's a perfect action film. It's one of the best action movie where the main character just makes everything worse the entire time. But it works. It works so well. Yeah, I think that if you this movie is driven by, and I think this is part of the problem why you're not seeing that because if you didn't grow up like if you are in the 18 to 34 and you didn't grow up with this movie if this wasn't part of what you were into i could see it's been like all oh, this movies for the old heads because it is and i so they're relying on people like you jd to bring mm-hmm. your kid because mm-hmm. you've shown them the original movies and yeah can we can we point something out raiders of the lost ark and this movie both suffer from the same issue which is indiana jones is totally consequential to the outcome of the movie not in this one he isn't not oh. in this one he isn't why did why does Schmidt I can't remember his real name put Indy in the plane? Why don't you just let him die? Then for what? Why probably they probably villain hubris. That's it. It was a plot induced stupidity, which right. again I'm fine with because the Nazis. Why did they tie up Indy and, and Marianne when they opened the Ark of the Covenant? Why did they just go? Okay, you're dead, and then they all die. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, just, he was trying to prove part. something to Indy. He because yeah, Indy was his rival. But, he would show Indy that It would have he, been easier if he would have made far more sense of the villains that just killed him. But right. again, in the first one, that was a rivalry. He wanted to show yeah, Indy that he was better. But, but with I get it. Same in this one, but still. But in the, without but the, Indy, the Nazis end up in 200 BC, and then the catapults take the plane down, they crash, and they die. And with or without Indy, the Nazis open up the Ark Covenant and they all die. Yep. He is inconsequential to how the movie in fact, ends. If Indy doesn't stick his nose in, they probably open the Ark in Berlin and the Nazis are wiped out. Yes. Yeah. So he makes so things that, worse. That, that, that's an old, what's that comedy series called? The, how the one with all the genius. What's that? How it should have ended? Or is that- no, uh, the, the first time that I heard the theory put forward, but apparently other people have said it before, was on Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. There was an episode where they were talking about it. It's, without Indiana Jones, they would have found everything and found the Covenant, the Ark, and so, opened it up, and they would have dead anyway. But then, of course, who would have brought the Ark back to have it in the CIA dead archive? But That's the whole thing. At the end of the episode, they're watching, and they're trying to figure out, like, Wait, wait a minute, what about this? Oh, wait, well, what about this? Oh, no. Then it's, oh, without Indy, it wouldn't have gotten to the proper authorities. And kind of but in this one, they needed Indiana to keep them on the chase. Without him, they they she, she they probably wouldn't have gotten to the tablet. Or if they did get to the tablet, well, they wouldn't have known what was inside it. That's the whole thing. Without Indy, they don't get the... They don't get the dialogue. Same in this. Yeah, same in both movies. Indy's doing the legwork for them in both movies. Yeah, Which right. is fine. You get a great parallel. The right. parallel is fantastic. But in the first one, they would have gotten the Ark of the Covenant. In this one, they wouldn't have gotten it without him. He's no, doing legwork, the but they wouldn't have gotten it without him. Again, Mickelson's characters, they're going east. They're not going west. They, Indy should have thought of that. It's like we should backtrack a little bit. Go east and then take a big loop. They're worried yeah. about their fuel. And now, ha, we pulled you out to you. Why are they going that way? Yeah, it makes... But it's fine. People make mistakes, which is what makes yep. which is what makes it stories makes and drama work. Because people mess up. Because you mess up. Everybody messes up. We all screw up. Yeah. 
No, but it's fun. I, I, and the thing, I don't have an issue with it. It's just, it's a fun thing to point out. Yeah, for sure. Because I can see people hating that about the movie. Oh, it's the, the it's totally inconsequential. It's That's not the point. The point mm-hmm. is the adventure. That's the oh, whole yeah, point of these movies. The adventure that Indy goes on. Especially but, this one. This is his last one. This is his redemption. Yeah. yeah. By the way, the plane, when they go back to the battle, that plane has the same problem of all movie planes where you're a plane, but you're going to fly really close to the danger. <laughs> like you could have been flying at 10,000 feet. They never would have even seen you, but no, you got to fly right down to where all of those huge ballistas are. To be are fair, sh- to be fair I didn't think, I think that they were like one, they were a little bit in disbelief of what they, of what was happening. Sure. So I think they needed to see for themselves what because they thought they were in 1939. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden they're in 215 BCE. So I think you have to go take a look. And I didn't. I think it is completely within villain hubris to think these things can't possibly take us down. It's not even thinking about it. Yeah. Until there's a giant spear in it, I call it an Ewokism. There's yeah. no way these little teddy bears can beat us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, did you catch the fact that Archimedes? ask them what time they came from. And this is that temporal bootstrap problem. So he hasn't, he was trying to figure out how to create this thing. They show up with the finished thing. He looks at the finished thing, goes, Eureka, now I know how to finish the one I'm making. Then he asks them, what time did you come from? So that he could use that to set it, to make sure that that it all happens. To make sure that it all, yeah. Cause, cause in the end, the thing, the, the dial only went back to his time. It, it was did not, right. not go you know, anywhere else. It was not a time travel device. It was only a because again, he's looking for a way to beat the Romans. Good plan, by the way. Yeah. Turns out the people that showed up were the Nazis. Great time travel story. It would have been it would have been perfect if they brought back an F twenty two or a, uh, an aircraft carrier, but instead it got yeah. in the hands of the Nazis. And then, but I like these time travel movies where again the title is the Dial of Destiny. This was all supposed to happen because it already did. So again, you're just you're you're playing by the will of things that have already happened. I really appreciate that. Mark says the idiot James Williams are always built on the same formula. He chases them, then they chase him. Magic, then credits. Yes, that's why we go to these movies. They work. It's funny though. I will say this: when they find Archimedes' tomb and they see the propellers on the mm-hmm. tomb, and then they see him wearing the watch. That was and awesome. and they make the assumption that oh, he used this and went forward yep. in time. As soon as they, as soon as you see the Roman boats, I'm like. I knew it. It clicked in my head. Oh, yeah. No, it's their stuff. This is what happened. They, and again, like you said, it's the bootstrap. It's the whole, this is supposed to happen because it already happened. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great play on time travel that we don't get enough of this variation in, in pop culture films. It was good. It was solid. I have a question. This movie's a failure, right? Technically. Yes. Technically, but I it's, it's, it's a, a really good movie. So. I, do I think, think it's a movie that if, if it made 150 million, 10 years ago, it would have been a major success. Yeah. But now, like I said, we have pushed ourselves into a spot where something like this tracked poorly. It tracked poorly. If they, had rele- if they had released it 10 years ago, there would have been more drive for it because the culture would have been more was, accepting of it. But, but this couldn't have, this that. movie couldn't have happened 10 years ago. I, I don't know. know if it's a cultural yeah. thing. I really don't know if it's a cultural thing. There's a lot, so much of, I think that we are so reliant on nostalgia media, Right. Everything is nostalgia. Yeah. Everything is based on something else. And I think what's happening right now is this the only thing that has really worked this year is Guardians of the Galaxy and Mario Brothers. Mario Brothers 
is nostalgia for us, but it's current for my kid. Kids have always played Mario. Yeah. So they had that built in. I think the franchise thing and the nostalgia wave might be ending. I'm very, we saw a trailer for the Marvels when I saw this. I don't know if you guys had a Marvels trailer or not. No, um, was it, they didn't have that. I would be very surprised if that movie is not a complete failure. And I think it looks fun. I think it looks very, I think it looks fun. I have a hunch that movie is going to underperform. I don't know. That might be on the love of Captain Marvel. I think actually that might be the first movie that starts the next real phase. I, but I think it's going to, I'm not talking about content wise. I'm talking about reception. Yeah. And what do we talk about with secret? We just, I just posted a thing in one of my discord groups <laughs> that Disney is really disappointed with the performance of secret. Indeed. It is performing well below all the other shows that they put out. And yet I think it's better than a lot of the shows I don't because think it, it's, it doesn't matter how good it is if no one's watching it. I know. That's the problem we have these universes and these franchises is so when people are finally over it, they just I think, stop watching. I, here, that's the whole thing. I think it's not even so much whether it's good or not. It's too much. It's so tough. Okay, you're going to give me, now you're going to give me four, five Marvel movies in a year. Like I talked about Indiana years. Jones, a Star Wars, two DC movies. And let's resurrect pirates or something, right? Well, and Star a Wars or Avatar. <laughs> Yeah. Star Wars is playing it a little bit smarter right now as they've tried to rebuild their franchise through TV stuff. So they're trying, they've started small and now they're going to try to go bigger again. Maybe that's a good move. Maybe it isn't, but they've tried to rewin fans with these Disney shows, right? <clears throat> Where the Marvel Disney shows feel like more like company pieces. And again, I watched the Marvel's trailer last night. Looked fun. Looked good. I watched the Civil War trailer with Andy earlier today. There's no comparison. There's no comparison from where we were to where we are. I really think this is, uh, I won't say this is it, but again, Ant-Man and the Wasp, the people walked out of that movie going, me. In defense of that, it was meh. It was meh. And it was supposed to introduce our next big, and it's supposed to introduce our next big villain. But but it also should be like, it should be okay that it's meh because you shouldn't be worried about it having to be a blockbuster. But these movies are supposed to be, (laughs) but that's the problem. problem. Everything is supposed to be a blockbuster. So again, it's going to be like, and again, are we going to get to the spot now where Disney's going to need a hit? We talked about how Warner really needed a hit and they didn't get it with the flash. They're not going to get it with Aquaman. Maybe blue beetle can surprise some people because it looks fun. Maybe good word of mouth can help that thing. But I'm starting to think we have reached beyond the saturation. So so Drew's making a point here, which I think confirms what you're saying. The secret invasion yeah, but Secret Invasion doesn't have any superheroes. I watch a ton of mindless kid stuff, so I am very selective about what I watch. Exactly. Well, That's getting more selective because you're oversaturated this market. And miss and Captain Marvel has become a dividing point between a lot of fans. Based on that, you're gonna have lower box office returns because everybody's yeah. done love it. Whether it's good See? or not. Whether it's good See? or not doesn't yeah, matter I, I, just I know, but... look at flash the flash was a good movie it had problems i know you didn't like it dave and i liked it but it had we can admit that it has problems people didn't even go it doesn't even matter if the movie has problems if nobody goes right it doesn't matter that this is a fun indiana jones movie if no one goes to see no it. one goes to see it and that's the problem it's not the it only nothing, it has nothing with phoebe waller bridge it has nothing to do with harrison ford it has nothing with anything nobody and not nobody but not enough people want to see it and we're also at the point now where this movie got bashed by a lot of critics. And I don't know why. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't. And because people are being more selective, 
they are sitting there going, oh, most of the critics didn't like it, so I'm, I'll wait. Well, well it's all, Rotten Tomato it's, score matters, man. It's also battling the Crystal Skull problem, That's true. right? It because is. people well, saw I Crystal Skull, and, oh, I don't want to see another old man Indiana Jones movie and watch the fridge get new. But, and the, the reviewers, like the critics, I don't get that at all. There's something wrong with the critics because there's, it's, well, there's I, no reason they should I be bashing like, it that hard. I feel like... I think it's franchise fatigue, man. I think it shows like us and internet-based shows that have ruined things a little bit too because I feel like it becomes popular to bash on something. If the first five people bash on it, then it's I don't want to be different than them, so I'm going to bash on it too. And it becomes a cascade thing. And it's part of... Yeah. No, see, Dave, you're right. Because when we post negative stuff at the fight game, when we have when we when our videos tend to fear the negative, the, sh- the quick hit videos, the count, the video, the watches go up. That's the thing. And, really and then it draws in viewers. Oh, they're saying this, so I'm going to say it. And it draws in more viewers and blah, blah, blah. And it becomes a thing. And it's mm-hmm. a, and then they get rated into the, especially if they're popular enough, they become part of that score on Rotten Tomatoes. And people see that and they're like, oh, people aren't liking it, so I'm not going to go see it. And there's a lot and, of movies I think that fall victim to that. That just, oh man, this movie stinks. Everybody says it stinks. It must stink. And, and, and I watch like, them. Yeah. I feel it, it, except like, and then there are movies like Captain Marvel that get bashed because of misogynistic crap. Uh, there was a lot of misogynistic crap, but that movie had issues too. What Brie Larson does not have a very good performance in that movie. Her well, later outings as Captain Marvel were better. She's better in the Avengers yeah. movie than she was in her own movie. There's flaw like Captain Marvel. That's direction though, right? That's it direction, is correct, but that's the movie. Like, yeah, you have I know, to judge I know. the movie based on what the movie is. I know, and but it wasn't as, it still was, even with that, it still wasn't as bad as the hit it took because of all these no these people that really hated Brie no, Larson but for some reason. If there's people that really hate what you're doing, you have to knock it out of the park. You have to deliver an A if people are against it. Yeah, if you have, you have people that are ready to, like, we, we've watched Justice League Jazz X or Justice League specifically to shit on it. And we didn't. We all were like, oh, this isn't bad. I, I also we're just as guilty. Like, I also feel like a lot of critics don't, I don't know if the critical eye is the right way to say it, but they have a tendency to sit there and go, oh, Helena, the Helena character ruined this movie for me. So the movie is terrible all over. There's nothing redeemable about it. And it's no, like, the hell you is have to be able to. Take that part out and say, I like this part and I like this part. Like, where does it balance out? It balances out to a 68. That's the problem. You know what I'm saying? Is if you, these people that trust are like, and this is why I hate, this is why I hate scoring things. And I tend to make it like a joke because I think, and we see this in wrestling too. You're like, how many stars was that match? It's like, oh, if it's less than four, I'm not going to watch it. That's not worth my time because we're all so divided on time. So I think that a lot of these people, they have to like, if you weigh something out and you take away what you like and add what you didn't like, you wind up with a score that's 60, 70. But when you break that down into like I always do, that's a C, right? Because that's what I've related to school. 70% was a C. So I don't like doing this. I don't like to quantify the things that I read and watch and stuff like that. Is it good? Yeah. Is it bad? Yeah. Was it okay? It's okay. You know, like I don't like getting any more granular than that because like I, I think it does. I think we get too weighed down in the minutia of it that I think has a negative effect. I truly believe that. How many people rush out to see a two and a half star movie? Not a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if mean, you watch it, you're like, oh, it's all right. And here's here's what I was saying. Like, they, it's fighting Crystal Skull, too. True, so I'd be interested in your thoughts on Crystal Skull. That one is what's driving me off of this one. It's Crystal, Crystal Skull doesn't exist. This was the actual fourth movie. No, this it's is, 
Crystal Skull has to exist to get us. I mean, it does exist technically in, but this is this movie is, is like it's in the, the vein of the others. It's the, the Chuck the Austin is- run on X Men. We don't get to Grant Morrison if we're not here. Yes. Yeah. That's that would be my comic. That you mean, you mean Crystal Skull was like yeah yeah it was the yeah. Chuck well the Chuck Austin famously terrible X Men the Howard Mackey Spider Man run if you will it's not good but this is better. Classic you didn't, good point here. Oh yeah, they are releasing stuff way fast on streaming now. Yeah yeah streaming. I mean, uh, Classic says streaming ruined it. You can wait like forty five days to see for fifteen bucks on your streaming service. Compared to like 80 theater. That's true, dude. 80 is not exaggerating. We went to the late nights, to the nighttime screening, not the matinee. We should go to the matinee. The three of us, and I was going to get popcorn and drinks for everybody, and it wound up at 80 bucks. And I'd be like, yep, I, yep. Can't do, I can't do this. So I'd like scale back, and then we got there to buy the drinks and popcorns anyway. So yeah, it was like an $80. It was probably a 70, 70 to $80 trip for the family to go to the movies. When you're right, yep. we had 15 days. I'm a, we have this show. But I would have gone to see it anyway because I'm a theater nerd. Not a theater. That means something different. I'm a junkie. <laughs> yep. I, that's something totally different. I like the experience of going to the movies. I love that. I hate Nicole Kidman. God, I'm sick of seeing that thing, that little propaganda piece for every AMC movie. These movies are special here. She's got the vacant eyes. Oh, I'm so tired of that. Is that thing. for AMC hey, or something? AMC. Oh, I yeah. hate it. Regal, Regal is completely different. We, we've, yeah. We get we get Maria Menounos, which is yeah, I mean. <laughs> no qualms with Maria Menounos whatsoever. Kassan says people will pay to watch a great movie in the theater when a movie has mixed reviews. People will wait, hundred percent spot on. If people yeah. have a question, why am I going to pay that movie? That's why these that's why these Rotten Tomato scores are so important. It can yeah. kill a box office. It can absolutely kill a box office. And then you have to go into streaming, and then maybe yeah. I'll make money. Yeah, we still know how much streaming you you make off of these movies. That's part of the, that's that, part of the problem, it, man. It used to it used to be very easy because you could take how much you made at the box office and then how much in rentals you had for VHS yeah. and then DVD. But now with the streaming, it's what do they call it? No middleman. Not amorphous. It's it's fungible. But it's yeah, fungible. So you yeah, don't know. You can't take. There aren't any hard numbers. It's completely yeah. fungible. You don't know what no. part of the streaming's proceeds are for that movie. It's hard unless you buy it on Prime or something like that. And even then, those True. numbers don't get we thought, it's not like box office. They never they tell us. They don't, yeah. they don't get reported. Yeah. And it's not like Neil, like I was just having this conversation too. The Nielsen isn't what it used to be because yeah. cable is so small and so people are fighting over like tenths of a percentage point, which can mean like a hundred thousand viewers in some cases. So these time honored tests we had for what is what works are broken and we're in different territory now when we have to figure out if a movie works or not. Cause how many movies have we all seen that did not, that struggled to find an audience at the theater, but became beloved on home video. Like the nightmare before Christmas is one that always pops in my head. That was a t- tremendous failure at the box office. Big yeah. trouble in little China. Oh yeah. That's a great example I mean, too. One of my favorite yeah. movies. The thing is a great, the thing everybody hated when it came out, people right. didn't even like the thing until 2000. People and now like, it's one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Citizen Kane. People hated yeah. Citizen Kane when it came out. That was part of the Hearst propaganda mission to destroy it. But in, yeah. it wasn't until the 70s people started going, Kane's really good. Like yeah. this, this ha- like we, we let the box offices dictate these things far too often. Speaking of time-tested ways to do things, well, we got to do it. We got to wrap this one up. And we yeah. got to go around and give a score. I hate scores. I'm going to make I a know. joke. Uh yeah, classy. COVID fucked everything over. COVID yeah, fucked a lot. Of we're still feeling. We're still yeah. feeling the effects of COVID. 
just because it changed so, so much, much in how we do things too did you listen to our Copa era shows there was a lot of times we were just trying to come up with stuff to talk about <laughs> we were yep. struggling we'd be like what the heck are we going to talk about this week we we're reviewing like 30 year old comic books there, there uh, are a couple there are a couple episodes where we I do like them once sure. a week and i was wearing the same shirt in every one because i never left this chair <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get around the room. Let's give a score, final thoughts on the score, one through ten. And since JD's going to make a joke, John, you can go first. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to hear JD's joke, but okay. No, seriously, I'm watching this thing, and I was getting hits of my mis- of the member berries from from the '80s when I first saw yep. this in the theater. When I first yep. saw, saw Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then the other two, all in theaters, and. Like this, I don't know why you have a problem with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I think, I, I mean, I granted they could have added more parts in there to to show the progress from being self-centered, egotistical, and selling stuff to actually caring about indie. But I overall, I'm going to give this an eight and a half. I just, I and it's maybe some of that's nostalgia, but it was also a really good action flick. It really was. People really should see this. Maybe go see Raiders, maybe rent Raiders of Lost Ark first and Last Crusade and then watch yeah. this one. But it's well worth it, I think. You All right, cool. JD? I'm not your dance monkey, sir. I will not make jokes on call. I'm going to give it a B plus because I really liked it. And I do not like the character of Helena <laughs> Shaw. She was irritating and grating. And the perhaps that script with a different actor makes that work like i said i really i kept thinking in my mind i think Haley atwell would have done a much better job with this material that's my personal opinion that being said i enjoyed the movie i do not like watching harrison ford get old but that's a me thing that's not that's what the movie wants me to think so it did its job i'm in okay dave you have to do a tier list of this one now is this a tier s tier c tier (laughs) We gotta have we gotta have a different scale for each one of us. <laughs> Is that how apparently? This yeah. Or do I do beta, alpha, omega? Uh, <laughs> you're beta. Oh my god. Total mid. Uh, no. Mid. 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 Yeah. Oh wait, 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 real quick. Rent, rent these movies. movies. They're <laughs> streaming. I own them. Did one of us say rent movies. Did that phrase escape one of our yeah, mouths? That, my, that my, probably me. Probably yeah, me. No. Uh, but okay. Before I give my score, I forgot to do this the whole episode. You can still rent them. If you yeah, you rent it digitally. I rent digitally. It's cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Before I do, before I give my review, I forgot to say this all episode. If you're watching right now, hit that subscribe button, click that bell for notifications so you can catch us every Sunday live here on YouTube as we complain about movies as old men do. All right. Almost every Sunday because we weren't here the last two weeks, I think. Don't tell people we messed up. Why you gotta right. be, why you be like that? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna give it an eight, an eight out of ten. I'm with JD in in the Helena character. I don't like the magic relative that we didn't know about until we needed them for this movie. It's a lazy plot device. It's a it's a very lazy plot device. There could have been a, a hundred different ways to tackle that. You know what? That's something the Kingdom of the Crystal Cult Skull did better. What being Indiana Jones's long lost son, I think, worked better than Helena being his long lost guy. Right, because you brought in um, Karen Allen to be the we mom. So leveraged, yeah, we leveraged a previously existing relationship. Yes. Oh, I have a son. Yay. Oh, he's Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Every parent would think that. Every parent would think that. <laughs> um, I have a kid. Oh, God, it's him. <laughs> but regardless of that, again, a lot of great action scenes in this movie. The story works that they're trying to tell in the. I can't think of the director's name again. 
James Mangold did an amazing job of telling this story, making it work in the time frame, making you feel what Indy's feeling in this movie. So did it's it? yeah. it's great. If you love Indiana Jones, go see this movie. You won't regret it. Oh, and, and yes, Mango, Mango did Logan too. Like, there's a reason I, why he did a good I job. I bet you all the original movies are probably on Disney Plus streaming right now. So they go are. watch them on streaming. I won't be an old man and say go rent them. <laughs> go down to Blockbuster. <laughs> You'll be waiting a while. So yeah, we're all in agreement. Go see the movie. It was fun. And we'll uh, we'll come up with a new scale next time to make JD happy. And then he'll go back to numbers to screw with me. All right. That's what I do. Let's get let's uh, let's wrap this one up then. Let's go around the room. A, did you learn anything on this week's podcast? Or B, do you have any recommendations? JD, this time you can go first. Recommendations this week, because I ain't learned shit. My kid is really into Star Wars right now. We took him to the Return of the Jedi re-release, and boy, did I make a Star Wars fan out of him. And as a dad, it's awesome right now. Everything is like Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. We were at the comic book store, and I was not... He's I want to see Star Wars comics. So I took him to the Marvel section. Man, they have so many Star Wars comics available. Yeah. And he's Luke has a yellow lightsaber. And I look, <clears throat> and... <clears throat> Yeah. Charles Soule is I got stuff in my throat the stuff apologies. Charles no. Soule is currently writing the Star Wars the mainline Star Wars comic that takes place in that sweet spot between Empire and Jedi. And I was curious so I went and picked up the trade, the first trade of this series starting in 2020 and I really like it. So I'm going to recommend Charles Soule's run on Star Wars. What color was Luke's lightsaber on the original toy? I don't green. know. I'm not that old. It was green. Yeah. It was yellow. Oh, was he yellow? Really? The original toy, his lightsaber was yellow. That's probably why they did that huh. color. Yeah, to make it different because Obi-Wan had the blue lightsaber, Darth Vader had the red okay. lightsaber. Um, so rather huh. than green, they made it yellow. But now now it's canon that red is because the Siths right. actually they, forced they, they the, the Kyber crystals. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. So there is a story here about Luke having a lightsaber between his green and his blue, which is funny because yellow and blue make green. Yep. Nice. All right, John. I am, like I said at the beginning, I am just steamrolling through Death March. What is it? Death March Rhapsody to a Parallel World. Or, I'm sorry, Death March to a Parallel World Rhapsody. See, JD, like even I get mixed up on these titles. Sometimes. I would with that one too. But uh, yeah, so I'm going through the light novels of those. I, I finished, was it the 12 light novels that are currently out for Reincarnate as a Sword? And uh, Death March Rhapsody to a Parallel World. I think I said it right again, that it's really good. So check that one out. This, the writing in this one started off way better than the one for Reincarnated as a Sword. So it seems like it's just up to the writers. And the light novels just seem to have a page limitation on them. You're only allowed so many words or pages, I think, for the light novels. That's why they're like mm. that. So anyway, yeah, really worth a good read. There you go. And as far as learning anything, when you get to my age, don't make work the center of your world. Find somebody to be with. Don't be me. So there Thank you go. Thank you for bringing the podcast down. Glad I could help. I Damn. learned that if John suddenly had a magic relative that he didn't know about and they took him on a magical adventure, he gladly would go in a heartbeat. A, a magical mystery tour, is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you think it costs I, for that? Boy? I bet that costs a pretty penny. I'd do that. Can't, can't wait for the reincarnated as a vending machine anime show i don't know if I, I am not i'm not gonna bother with that one i'm not gonna bother nope. with the reincarnated as a dog either for reasons all right <laughs> as for recommendations i got nothing 
other than my usual, I recommend that you go to superherospeak.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media at the top of the page, comic book reviews by our good friend Kristen, and so much more. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing next week, so we're going to have to figure that one out off air. And uh, yeah, on that note, don't forget, hit that subscribe button and click that bell. And until next time, as always, thanks for watching. Don't let your cape go out the door. Have a good week.